Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hello, hello, everyone out there in the wonderful world of the internet and all its glory. This is Dane Alves with another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, the show in which me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews over the shows of this last week. We've got a big show for you. We're going to be talking about women of wrestling and their new launch with CBS Viacom. Uh, we're going to be talking about MLW and their launch with ML with MLW with Vice TV uh, from this last week. We're going to be talking a lot about WWE in regards to Raw SmackDown, but mainly the draft, King and Queen of the Ring. I'm not going to call the fucking Queen's Crown. That's stupid. Anyways, and also the Crown Jewel pay per view coming up at the end of this month, and then we will round it out with going over Dynamite and Rampage. A couple news items in there, a little bit of predictions for Wilder versus Fury since we're recording on Saturday. That's coming out tonight. But I couldn't do this show without my amazing co-host, Christopher Brother A. Patton. How are you doing, sir? And don't you like it how one week I'll just be delirious and do like a Macho Man uh, or Patrick Stewart impression? And then some weeks I'm just, you know, much more professional, just like today. <laughs> I just like to think that you're always wearing Delirious's mask from Ring of Honor as we do the show. That's that's how, that's how I picture you. <laughs> Excalibur's actually, and and sometimes I walk into the wall because of the meshed eyes. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird week. Not a bad week, a weird week. I'm excited to talk about wrestling with you, my good friend. And uh, how was your week? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I just uh, cracked open a uh, Negra Modelo, uh, a little noon beer action, and uh, I am ready to talk wrestling. I am. Very behind on all my television shows uh, this last week. I haven't seen the newest episode of Titans. I haven't seen the newest episode of Wu-Tang Clan and American Saga. I have not. I almost forgot about What If's um, grand finale, if you will, on Disney+. Plus. Awesome fucking show. And there's one other show. Oh, Heels. I need to catch up, Chris. But I've been obsessed with the huge and about to be number one of all time on Netflix television show, Korean-made Squid Games, produced by Netflix. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I'm not going to reveal anything regardless, but my God, for anyone out there, the hype is there. And if you can't watch it due to it either being dubbed or if you can't do subtitles, that's on you. That's all I have to say. So I did watch it, and I will say this. I think I'm going to go back and watch this, the um, actual subtitled version in the original language. It was yeah. a little off-putting watching the dub version, but I was watching it with Karen. She had already watched it. She's like, oh, yeah, I consumed this the first day it came out. And I was like, oh, good. Thanks for telling me about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, I watched it, and I kind of have mixed feelings on it, but I think it's because I was watching the dub version, and it is uh, really badly synced. Um, so I'm going to go back and watch the original text, and then I'll have a broader opinion on it, I think. But uh, I watched it dub. But apparently, if you if you uh, read if you read it, it's actually 
a lot of the dialogue's different for one thing, so the story kind of has more meaning. So I might go back and rewatch it for that. But for me, what I do with dub stuff, and I'm sure a lot of people and you do this as well, I just try to look at their eyes. I don't try to focus on their mouth when they're talking, uh, because if I do, it will look silly. But you know, us knowing, especially I'll I'll compare this with Japanese wrestling. Us knowing, you know how how Asian peoples and Asian cultures from their different language, how they sound when they're talking. You can tell that they're definitely saying completely something different than the weird English that's coming out of their mouth. Yeah, mine's not even with that. It was more just like I didn't think the voice actors were that great. So I'd rather just like go back and rewatch, like start it again and watch it with the uh, the original voice voices of the actors and uh, subtitles. Yeah. So I, I don't dislike the story or anything. And I think it's a very well shot show, especially that first episode when they have to do the um, well red light green light red light green light that was pretty cool. Um, man, it makes me want Netflix to do uh, Stephen King's The Longest Walk. You ever read that? I know the story. Yep. Yeah, I, I kind of want them to do that after watching the red light, green light. But it's shot it's shot really well. I mean, it's a good looking I just need to go back and give it another chance. And I think the for me to do that, I need to watch the original language with probably subtitles. That's probably the best bet. Yeah, and I will say that I just love that the running man has had such an influence on uh modern cinema still with their storyline, because that influenced Battle Royale, obviously, in two thousand. And this Battle Royale definitely influenced not only Hunger Games. But to me, this, I it's so weird because there's aspects, especially towards the end, that remind me kind of of the Matrix a little bit, in essence. Uh, no, not 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 exactly, but and also I kind of gave you the eyes wide shut um, equivalent, and hopefully you understood that towards the end of the uh, series itself. But I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's probably up there with the most violent television show I might have ever watched, and I've watched all of Spartacus, Game of Thrones, and Walking Dead, uh, a majority of Walking Dead, so that's saying something. Uh, even though the violence is definitely more in the background a lot of times, it's there, uh, and it's, uh, I think, a good show. Uh, if They're going to do a second season because of the popularity, but if you do this during October, it's not horror, but I think it's a good month for it to come out. Yeah, and I, I haven't finished the entire series yet. I watched, like I said, I watched the first two episodes. Oops. And I, it, I'm sorry. You're fine. You're fine. Because you told me the Eyes Wide Shut reference. I mean, I'm going to have to see it to get what you were talking about. You didn't give me Yeah, Eyes idea. Wide Shut without sex. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, that's what you said. But that didn't spoil anything, really. I, I mean, still there's actually, <laughs> there's actually visually, my boss brought this up. There's almost like a Kubrick vibe with some of the episodes. So I don't know if they had someone different for each episode but the cinematography is really good the, the acting itself is really good uh but it's uh it's a it's definitely a different show in that first episode man uh my one of my co-workers uh katie said it gave her once they knew what was going on in a much more brighter happy way if this makes sense almost apocalypto vibes uh for the pyramid scene uh if you will Oh, I could see that. That's that's a good call. I just I got uh, mesmerized by them playing that uh, paper flip game because we used to do that yeah. in elementary school, and I, I I had forgotten about that. And when I saw it, it was like a huge rush back to nostalgia of throwing paper. 
basically making those little squares and throwing them at each, uh, throwing them at the ground. Uh, so that was cool. I mean, it so far I like it. I just I, I want to see it in its original language. I think probably is is yeah. for me. And if you enjoyed the series, uh, anyone out there, and we'll go into wrestling. We, we kind of do this little pop culture breakdown beforehand, where we have been, and I like doing it, and I'm sure I've heard that our listeners like it. So, any new people, this is what we do. This is our fucking show. I sound like Chris Jericho commentating on uh, Rampage just now. Um, but uh, check out Parasite. It won the Oscar two years ago. Very different story, but it's Korean, uh, you know, uh, cinema. And it was popularized over here, and it's an incredible movie. And it's kind of got a horror-esque to it, I would say, or a thriller vibe to it. So there you go. There's my breakdown. I do want to say, like, I'm not going to go into any kind of spoilers or talk about it because you haven't seen it yet, but the new Wu-Tang episode, that shit slaps, as the kids would say. <laughs> Same as the new Hell yeah. Heels, Heels episode, that shit slaps, as the kids would say. But, um... The Wu-Tang episode, I, I messaged you. I was like, so Stretch and Bobbito, who who are they going to cast as them? And then they showed up, and I got I got so fucking happy, Dane. So happy. <laughs> so happy. Just just so much excitement. I can't wait to watch it, man. Yeah. I got to get caught up. Watch too much wrestling and too much Squid Game during the week. But uh, like I said, Titans, uh, uh, you know, uh, Heels and uh, fucking Wu-Tang. I got to get caught up on those shows. And if you've got a chance to watch What If, the 30-minute episodes they accumulated, uh, part of the MCU, a lot of fun. There's just a lot of, between all the millions of apps that are going to basically end up making us pay as much for cable, if not more, uh, for back in the day, uh, there's a lot of good content on them, so I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. Did you, uh, you did watch the Anita doc, right, from Vice? Yes, and we want to pivot to wrestling. I wanted before, and we can talk a little bit about this for sure. I also wanted to say, since we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, I watched the uh, Chris Canyon one, and uh, I talked to you about it, but very sad story, uh, but Chris Canyon will go down, I think, when it comes to the in-betweens and the little things, uh, especially for big guys to try to attempt them. Uh, he'll go down as one of the more influential wrestlers towards modern style. Uh, you know, a lot of people think Rey Mysterio, Rob Van Dam, obviously, for their innovative concepts. And then AJ Styles probably accumulated a lot from the two of them, Shawn Michaels and whatnot. But Chris Canyon, I mean, the buckshot lariat, a lot of those moves, just certain things that he would tweak and change up. Uh, very innovative for its time, uh, you know, and helped influence guys like Brian Cage, uh, you know, uh, Adam Page the Young Bucks, and helped them a lot in their early career. So just wanted to give it up on that before we go over the FMW one. Rest in peace, I, Chris Canyon. Yeah, who better than Canyon? Um, I thought that was a really, really great episode. And if anything, even if you're not a big fan of those documentaries, I think everyone should watch that last 30 to 45 seconds with James Mitchell. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's tragically beautiful. It's it's very sad. The promo he cuts and talk talking about his best friend, but it's easily the best thing I've seen on the entire season so far. As far as like someone giving like a heart filled talk or, or description of, of a friend or, or talking about whatever the subject matter was, it was it was that damn good. Like James Mitchell 
was looking crazy. And when we first started watching it with my wife, she was like, what the hell is with this guy's eyebrows? I was like, oh, it's kind of his gimmick. Like, <laughs> and then I had to. He's got those it. Ox Baker eyebrows. I had to explain like Sinister Minister and who James Mitchell was and show her a couple things and then go back into the episode. <laughs> so that was fun. But it, it, that, the Canyon episode was really, really great. Yeah, and, and I will like, say, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I, I was going to say, and like you said, rest in peace, Canyon. Uh, the, the only thing I will say is they didn't go into The Undertaker hitting him with the chair, the hardest I've ever seen a man get hit with a chair. No, they, they did. Did they? Yeah, they, they did. They kind of made a deal about that, about kind of like towards the end how he had to do that. Then he came back and did the Boy George thing and, you know... It was like he was the tag champions, and there seemed like a lot of potential, and then he got injured, and then he came back, and they made Undertaker just smash him in the fucking head, and then he was out for a while after that, and then he came back with that Boy George thing in the fucking box. Just WWE, man. Ugh. And the thing is that's fucked up is apparently Mark Calloway really liked Chris Canyon. I don't understand how wrestlers could hit each other as hard as they used to, man. I mean, look at the rock and mankind for Christ's sakes. That's exactly what I would compare it to. I would actually say undertaker going full cell on your head is worse than the rock. Even though the rock was, <laughs> he did fucking man- 13 killing, times <laughs> killing mankind. But I would say I'd rather take all of 13 of those than like two of these undertaker chair shots. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, I thought they would spend a little more time like that because it was it was covered pretty heavily in the Observer back in the day, and um, specifically with them talking about unprotected headshots. I guess they get they kind of skated over it to get to the Howard Stern stuff, the the Stern interviews, yeah. and 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 someone that's obviously talked about mental health. Uh, you know, Chris seemed to finally get help towards the end of his career, but I doubt headshots like that might have helped out his brain in the meantime so i don't know yeah and and uh the way they place some of the interviews and i've kind of i don't know i don't want to say the series is trying to be clickbaity but uh the way they handle those interviews with with cena and rick flair on the stern show were especially the cena one was taking way out of context like cena it, it wasn't like he's a bad wrestler because he's gay but that's how they tried to play it. Cena just said he was a bad wait, wrestler. Wait, are you saying that there's a possibility that now that they became popular, that Dark Side of the Ring might be trying to produce certain episodes, stuff out of order, stuff out of context, in order to make a more, you know, sizzling episode? They're actually going into a TMZ mode? That's, that's, <laughs> that's new to me. It did not work for them on the... <laughs> On the Canyon episode, because people were like immediately defending John Cena. He was trending, and I was like, God damn it. What did Cena do? And it was the Howard Stern interview, and he was like, People, like, there's nothing wrong with Cena, man. This guy's delivered more Make a Wish Foundation. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was good to Ugh. see the internet at least take a stand and, and not just immediately bury Cena without context, because, um, in in the interview, he's just being a Vince McMahon guy. It, it had nothing to do with uh, Canyon's sexual preferences. He just didn't think he was a good wrestler. And whatever, like people thought John Cena sucked for a long time. So <laughs> yeah, and I think the grips on it, honestly, you got to realize, even with Flair saying that about Canyon, it's not so much his in ring 
work. It's being an overall, and you you can have a different perception of them or, or of Chris Canyon, but I think it was more of him being an overall entertainer, more for fit for the WWE, and it was also two guys working for the company going to the bat of the company they worked for. But you know, like I said, putting stuff in place on those shows, you know, there's been news and we won't go into it, but like how Rob Van Dam has called them out about certain things he said on a past show. I'll just put it that was taken way out of context and different than the way that they elaborated on their television platform. So, and you guys didn't bury the Ultimate Warrior. What the fuck's up with that? The <laughs> WWE designed one did more of that. But you know, do whatever you guys got to do to make money. Too bad your last two shows have fucking gone down in viewers, but, you know, whatever. That's unfortunate, because I think the last one is the best one they've had this season, the, the, the one we were about to talk about. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's a, it was a weird episode. I will say, as a kid, because we're in the spooky season, we're in the Halloween season. Yes. I wanted to be Mortis so hard <laughs> for Halloween one year. And were you mom, one of the people that wanted... Uh, Mortis versus Kane as a dream match because I definitely was one of those guys. I never really thought about it, but that would have been awesome. But like as a kid, I definitely wanted to be Mortis. I remember taught, like yelling at my mom, and we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and she's like, "There's no way I can make you Mortis for Halloween." So I ended up being something else. I can't remember. I ended up being another wrestler, uh, <laughs> but I was kind of disappointed because I couldn't be Mortis. Mortis is a great looking character. Um, damn. Rest in peace, Canyon. Yep. But uh, FMW, man. I mean, I got to say, production-wise, they definitely took it up a notch. Um, If anything's taken away outside the hardcore crazy shit uh, that they did, you know, they understood the entertainment value, the larger-than-life concept of professional wrestling and sports entertainment in reality. And I wouldn't be surprised, not only ECW, but WWE, WCW, people just kind of took some of the, the larger production concepts from FMW a bit. Um, I just think that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. Onita's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's a legend, but he is, uh, you know, uh, I didn't get the uh, impression he's the best dude uh, from this documentary. I'm not going to say Onita is a piece of shit. I'm not going to go that far. I think Onita is a product of his time and was running a company and was making a lot of money and then just decided to, like, leave for whatever the reason is. And they get into that in the doc. But I'm not going to go full out Onita is a piece of shit. He doesn't come off as the nicest guy. And uh, I think, like, two or three years ago, I was laughing about him no-showing the CZW shows because he's done another Vice series. He was on the – they did a hardcore – the wrestlers uh whatever episode that was and he was like kind of the primary focus there as well uh and what happened is he just no showed a bunch of czw shows essentially um yeah i I guess i have a little bit of a different feeling on anita i think he is super important he's as far as oh you could be you could be super important and then leave the guy that you know is not able to fucking keep your league going uh, put him in charge with the Yakuza fucking under his ass the whole entire goddamn time that you established, and then put no actual remorse or blame on yourself at all when it comes down to it. I mean, he left him with a good company, though. It's just that, that, need a, that was that a product of the Yakuza, though. Yeah, so was All Japan and New Japan during that time period. Yeah, fair. 
Um, that's just, you know, we have mobsters at boxing events. They had mobsters at wrestling events. I, and he gonna... didn't pay Terry Funk for that uh, amazing match, apparently, that that's legendary within the, the realm of wrestling, of him saving him at the end of that explosion thing. I love Terry Funk on the episode. And uh, another rest in peace to Hayabusa, man. Tragic, tragic story towards the end. One of the most, another guy that should be known as one of the most influential wrestlers towards modern style, I would say. For, for sure. I think that Jericho said it was the first time he had ever seen a moonsault. It was Hayabusa. Yeah. Like he made the Phoenix the Flash, which is done by everyone now. Yeah, Hayabusa was nuts. Um, and that goes into the argument of whether you should real, uh, use real ropes versus uh, like cable ropes, <laughs> too. You could make that argument of what happened to Hayabusa. I think the interviews they got, like, I've never heard an interview with Hayabusa's daughter. Uh, so no. that was interesting. And, um, like, I mean, it was great. It was cool to see Sabu. Yes. I I, I thought that he was going to get canceled at, um, because, basically, there's one part in the documentary, spoiler alert, everyone, where he's like, uh, if that would have happened to me, I would have rather died. Specifically yeah, talking man. about Hayabusa, which is sad, but Paralysis. That's also Sabu. I, I believe when Sabu said that, he didn't mean it as being a dick. He just meant, like, personally. Oh, yeah. And he was friends with Hayabusa. So I'm thinking that, you know, seeing how his life was afterwards, it just got to be pretty terrible. I mean, in a much more minor way, compared to Hayabusa, I would say. You know, I think that a lot of people probably felt for, um, uh, uh, God damn it, 80s wrestler, Dusty's best friend, uh, Mustache. Had a great match with um, with in Mag- a cage. Magnum? Yeah, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were like, "God damn, dude, that's gonna be fucking terrible." Um, and Hayabusa, I mean, uh, later on, he was able to get some feeling back in some of his body parts, but the, for the longest time, you know, and he worked his ass off to be able to even do that, and died shortly afterwards. But he was completely paralyzed from like the waist down, I think, which is fucking awful. I love, uh, yeah, that is awful. And it's really, Hayabusa's story is really, really sad because could you imagine if he would have been in New Japan instead? During that time, that time period going against like, you can find and Jushin Liger, et cetera. I was about to say, you can find an awesome match, by the way, if anyone's listening to this with Hayabusa and Jushin Liger, it's only 15 minutes, but it's an awesome match between the two of them. But uh, may- maybe my favorite part of the documentary is Onita talking about how he saw Terry Funk in Japan, <laughs> Terry and Dory, and he's like, so I flew to Texas. <laughs> and then just like, I guess, lived at Double Cross Ranch. Is that what they were talking about, basically? And Terry bought him a used car and started getting him <laughs> wrestling gigs. He was, uh, he was Terry's young boy, but you would think that Terry Funk would be more... Uh... <laughs> a little more malicious, but no, Terry's giving him fucking cars and shit. <laughs> yeah. That's Terry Funk, man. It was great. And they have this, like, uh, you know how they do the weird little... I, I don't know, do you call them a, a dramatic reenactment? Yeah. Okay, so they have that one shot of, like, Terry putting the cowboy hat on Anita in the dramatic <laughs> reenactment, and I was like, oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I just love that part where 
they were like, if there's one thing that you could say to Anita now, what would it be? And he just put the double fingers. And they were like, did you mean that in a negative way? He's like, no, nah, man, I love him. Like, <laughs> I love fucking Terry Funk. So I, I love I love to start the episode off when they go to Terry. He cuts a promo and he's like, now you can ask your questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a... It was a really great episode. I ended up watching it twice just because I love Terry Funk so much as everyone on uh, who's listened to this podcast before. New listeners, guess what? I love Terry Funk. Um, I watched it twice just to get some more Terry Funk. Uh, and it was cool seeing Sabu on there. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, what did Dreamer say? Because he, he didn't understand why the Internet was so mad at Tommy Dreamer. And he didn't watch the episode. So I was super worried <laughs> on whatever Sabu was going to say. But the... Uh, he didn't he didn't go off off he didn't go crazy or say anything super i mean outside of the stuff that we we talked about earlier uh and it's not like sabu hasn't in the past say controversial things on twitter and whatnot yeah jordan grace is not a big sabu fan um we'll just say that but uh them talking about that fire mat that inferno match i had kind of forgotten about that oh but the way that they like Onita describes that he lost Sheik in the middle of that ring and thought he was just dead is absolutely crazy. Sabu talking about the um, the logo on the center of the canvas melting in their hands as they were wrestling, like it's it's nuts. And uh, while that's not a great match, it is crazy. Uh, and Sabu talking about throwing a bucket of water on Sheik. And seeing his skin just peel off, like, oh my god! See that—that's the problem with some of this shit. Sometimes you can take it too far, you know. Yeah, when you have little coals of fucking fire as your ropes, who knew they could have—they could have fucking set the whole entire building ablaze. That was out of control real quickly. So yeah, that's that's the other side of things. Is trying to outdo yourself and trying to have that larger than life concept. It can who, be deadly. Who was it in the interview that was talking like all the the dumbasses that paid to be first row at an FMW show? I can't remember who it was. Oh, Terry Funk. He said it. He goes. He goes. <laughs> oh yeah. So so let me get this straight. You guys are gonna have a match where there's a large explosion at the end of it, and you want the front row to it. How does that make any sense at all? <laughs> uh it also reminded me of how bad and and i we've gotten over it at this point but that aw call to onita basically a love letter um for onita and terry god that match was terrible especially seeing it, the clips from the original it's just like man well it's the reason why onita wants a match with moxley um and i'm assuming in that type of realm of fashion because he wants to show that's the reason apparently why he restarted fmw which i haven't heard a lot of stuff from but obviously the pandemic's going on over there he wants to show the right way to do it if you will so i don't know if there's a right way <laughs> i don't know if for an exploding right death way. match <laughs> yeah like... well not have it as a but yeah end. don't don't have like sparklers and shit happen, I guess is the only <laughs> right way to do it. There's definitely a wrong way. We saw that, but I don't know if there's a right <laughs> way to <laughs> I don't know if there's a right way to explode a ring. They're talking about the um 
they're like wrestling in the middle of that swimming pool at one point and it's electrified i forgot all about that some of the fmw stuff it's so crazy but uh after onita left and it got really into like they had matches where you have to shove something up someone's butt to win and it was supposed to be like humorous and and that's where fm hey did that become ddt pretty much yeah i mean kind (laughs) of shout out kenny omega ddt legend ddt legend all right, well, uh, let's uh, get past Sonita and kind of start talking about some of these news items. Um, I wanted to talk about this, Chris, because I know he's near and dear to your heart. Mr. Alex Shelley uh, basically was on an interview and was asked about him signing with a major company. And his uh, what he said was, right now, the independents are where I want to be. That's not to say I wouldn't go back to a big company. AEW looks amazing. Impact has treated me well. I had a great experience in WWE NXT um, and uh, Ring of Honor's doing great. I miss New Japan so dearly, but I very much enjoy independent wrestling on a grassroots level. And he basically was not saying without saying, it seems like he's doing the Matt Cardona EC3 thing, trying to, or in Chelsea Green, trying to keep their contracts a bit more open and not exactly officially signed with a company. So they're able to go to some of these bigger promotions, but able to do the independence all at the same time. So I don't know if we're going to see the Motor City Machine Guns, but he also didn't say that's not going to be in the possibility in the future. It's just probably more so if a company to the size of a Ring of Honor, an Impact Wrestling, MLW, whoever, would work with him. Oh, it's so unfortunate. I thought they were building up to to Motor City Machine Guns versus Young Bucks again. And hopefully we do get that match. But Alex Shelley's always kind of been like this. I mean, he 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 he's had some bad injuries in the past. And I know he does a lot of charity work and um, out in California, right? That's where he lives. And, and he's got his own art. He's just, I, I don't want to call him eccentric because I think that's a bad way to put it. But He's a, uh, you know, he's just out there living his best life, man. Maybe wrestling is kind of a second priority to Alex Shelley, which is unfortunate for me because they're they're definitely one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Um, but yeah, like I, I could see him doing some stuff on the indies. I mean, he could go back to Ring of Honor. You know, he could. I, I I would love to see him in New Japan Strong. I think that would be really cool. It would be really cool to see him in uh, NXT again with Kushida. Like, they gave us a little teaser of that. And it's like, what? <laughs> why would you do this? Why Why are you trying to make Chris so happy and so sad at the same time? <laughs> Every time Alex Shelley shows up, <laughs> I feel like I get happy and sad, like, immediately after. Well, hopefully he is trying to do something like, like Matt Cardona, like Chelsea Green, like... EC3, where he's able to pop up in these companies, stay a little bit, but wants to kind of contribute to all outside of major companies within professional wrestling. So we can see a Motor City Machine Guns uh, reunion on Impact, see him in the Ring of Honor. He wants to go back to New Japan, so New Japan Strong is a great platform for that. I mean, this is one guy that's been involved with so many companies in the past. You have that because the fact that he's got a good relationship with NXT impact ring of honor mlw you know he's at new japan he's not cut ties to anyone but if he feels there's an art form 
more so for him within independent wrestling. And I keep on seeing him on different cards and different places for different promotions. Uh, hey, kudos, some more power to him. He seems like he kind of he kind of looks at wrestling almost like Jeff Hardy does in a very, very artistic sort of dynamic. So whatever Alex Shelley wants to do is great. But yeah, I mean, the selfish person in me wants him and Chris versus the Young Bucks immediately. Uh, or just him and Chris in matches uh, against some people. Or him just being in the G1 tournament. You know, there's a lot of selfish aspect because Alex Shelley is that good. Yeah, and Chris has signed to Impact, right? Yep. So that, you know, that's a, another layer. Kushida signed. So the, the two people I would want to see him team with, unfortunately, are signed. Uh, I would love to see Shelly come back and have some more matches against Jay Lethal. They've had great matches in the past, so doing something yep. on Ring of Honor again, I think, would be incredible. But um, Him and Osprey, That would be great. I mean, I would love to see him and Daniel Bryan. I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but they're like that would be <laughs> an amazing match. I don't know that there's ever been that match. Uh, crossover wise, not that I can think of of recent memory, but there's a lot of people I would love to see Shelly work against. It's, I mean, the biggest one is Motor City Machine Guns against Young Bucks again, because the first match was the first couple matches, um, in Impact when they weren't the Young Bucks were so fucking great. Like, it's it's mind blowing. I would love to see <laughs> if the Hardys ever get back together that match. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, Motor City Machine Guns matches I want to see, but if if he if you know if he's just kind of wanting to do his own thing and he seems like he's I don't want to say he's like done with wrestling, but at this point he he seems like he's geared more towards other things, and that's fine. It's just kind of sad, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, he's definitely in towards the end of his career, and I could see him ending up with the LA Dojo for New Japan eventually, or NXT as a teacher because he's done that in NXT for um. Uh, part of his career. I think Alex is smart, though, because, he, like I said, he hasn't cut ties with any of the companies. He's had a good experience and seems like he's been good with all the companies that he's worked for. So, uh, I, And I think that it kind of sucks because it's in its own little vacuum, but uh, just like we're seeing with... I forgot what Sammy and uh, John Moxley's team was called back in um, ZCW, but they came back. You had... Uh, and I would love to see them have a match where Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards as the uh, as the American Wolves, they came back to PWG uh, to go against Moxley and uh, Sammy not too long ago. So I can see PWG being a platform we might see the Motor City Machine Guns show up on before maybe other promotions, unfortunately. I could see that. Uh, one, qu one further question about Alex Shelley, and this is not to solely the good name of Alex Shelley, because like I said, I'm... A massive mark for Motor City Machine Guns. Do you think that he was actually injured or they asked him to do some bullshit and he was like, fuck that, and just <laughs> was like, I'm not. Because <laughs> he hasn't been an impact since then. Oh, I definitely think that could be part of it. Uh, I know that he had, he loved, or from what Chris and him have said, they really enjoyed working with uh, the Rascals, uh, MSK now with NXT and trying to help them get over. And they also loved working with the North. They wanted to specifically do those two tag teams, but I'm sure, I mean, to no offense of Scott Demore or in the past with Don Callis, and Tommy dreamer, uh, sometimes it can get a bit goofy in sports entertainment 
takes over impact. So I could definitely see that. You know, when you have a wedding angle where someone gets shot at the end of it, you should. <laughs> I forgot about that. Did Orin show up with his Glock? Give me spoilers, Dave. He was... Uh, actually, they're going to reenact it, apparently, on AEW, but it's going to be who shot JR as in Jim Ross. So... Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So like, many people are not going to get that reference. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, the show da- in the 80s. Don't worry about it. It's the show called Dallas, which pulled like 12 min- million viewers every episode towards the end of its life because someone shot JR. Oh, lordy, lordy. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what Alex does. But as long as he's staying in wrestling and doing his thing, man, uh, you know, whatever he wants to do is whatever he wants to do. Yeah, the, the world is his oyster. That's the the primary thing I took from this Alex Shelley stuff is that whatever they were going to ask him to do in Impact, he was like, fuck that shit, just left. Definitely Uh, possible, man. So, I mean, we do know that they were going to go against the the Good Brothers. Like, that was the the setup. He was supposed to be in that three-way match, and they replaced him, or the the three-way tornado tag match. And who did they end up replacing him with? James Storm, him and Chris Sabin, I think, won the titles yeah, for a time okay. period. Uh, little news article, because we didn't talk about it beforehand, but uh, Ch- James Storm showed up at a Heroes and Legends show, and they didn't want to pay him to wrestle, so he just hung out in the audience and drunk beer and signed free autographs all night. <laughs> I love him, man. Because he's uh, a fucking legend. Shout out to James Storm. <laughs> what a dude. legend. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. But yeah, basically Alex Shelley is not retired. He's doing stuff, but it's at his own whim and, uh, what he wants to do. And that's basically it for right now. So uh, him and Chris have no ill will towards each other. So it's nothing like that. So, you know, it's more so him having an open inner workings with certain companies that are larger that might not allow that. But like I said, we've seen Matt Cardona jump from impact to AEW, back to Impact, to GCW. We've seen EC3 go from Impact to fucking Ring of Honor. We've seen Chelsea Green go from NWA to, you know, Ring of Honor to Impact, still working both with Impact and Ring of Honor in a very short amount of time. I think this all comes down to it, and to close it out, because of Tony Khan, companies are working together. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um God, we were talking about this like three or four years ago because Triple H was basically suggesting this. Creating many territories. It's like he knew that you could do that and it would work. And he kind of knew it. Really, if you I mean if you think about what they were trying to do with NXT, like he knew this could be a problem in the (sighs) future. We And, and we're gonna go into it when we get to MLW. There's uh uh, Vince versus Triple H philosophy that ended up happening between working between NXT and MLW, but we'll get there. Yeah. So, anyways, love Alex Shelley. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of goes into another little news item. Rick, Ian Riccoboni, basically, you know, Ring of Honor play-by-play commentator, really good play-by-play commentator, in my opinion. Um, hopes, and there is rumors that there is a truce between top Mexican promotions, Triple A and CMLL, 
uh, just basically talking about how things have changed and how the Forbidden Door has become open. There has been a big rivalry between the quote-unquote sports entertainment company and the pro wrestling company, if you will, between those two promotions. There is a vast style if you don't know the difference in dynamic. There's also different organizations like Crash. It's smaller. Lucha Underground was an American one that kind of featured a lot of those stars uh, back when it was around. MLW's kind of taken some of that and done what they've done with it. But AAA, they'll do crazier and crazier shit for the bigger style concept. And a lot of the fast-paced, you know, stuff jumps to the outside, uh, ridiculous reps, spots. That's more AAA-related, where if you actually watch CMLL, they still obviously have the Lucha pace, but it's much more classic, I would say, Lucha Libre, where they do crazy stuff, but they try to make it so that the impact is very bam, 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 and it looks and flows well. And their technical work is definitely different, where they'll still make Lucha Libre work, uh, but kind of have more of a technical aspect and, uh, you know, uh, more submission-based wrestling, a lot more power-based wrestling. So they slow it down at parts where they need to slow it down. The companies have had a rivalry. CMLL's been around a little bit longer than AAA, but it's just like, to an extent, all Japan compared to New Japan and over here, WCW and WWE or WWF back in the day. But uh, I would love that, man, because they both have great wrestlers. You know, a lot of times wrestlers have to leave one to be able to join the other one. Uh, it would be nice to see the two companies coexisting. But, you know, to Ian Riccoboni, I think that that's wishful thinking at the same time. Doesn't a lot of... Was it the owner of AAA that passed away? And his daughter I believe took over so. the promotion. Yes. So like, yeah. So when she took over the promotion and kind of gave Conan, I don't want to say gave him like basically gave him the company, but put a lot of faith in him. Head Booker in there charge is, of everything. There has been a lot more willingness to work with other companies, and good on Conan. Maybe he sees the writing on the wall and and wants to continue AAA and and to see them have any kind of relationship with CMLL. That's that's nuts. And and for people that want to research it, like that was like WWF versus WCW in like 97, you know, like the amount of heat those companies had for each other uh, is kind of crazy. So it, it's really, really cool. And um, I don't know if it happened, if it, if it happens the way it's happening right now, if uh, that, the, the, the original owner, and I'm sorry, I c- cannot, place his name right now doesn't pass away unfortunately which i'm not you know saying that's a good thing or whatever i just don't know what happens if he's still there you know and if you look at this i mean this is pretty crazy but like you know roosh uh when he worked with triple a finally he was a cmll guy for life but i'm pretty sure it's because he stopped working with cmll went over to ring of honor and ring of honor allowed him to go over there and he had you know, the mask versus hair match. I forgot who it was, if it was Blue Demon or L.A. Park. But, you know, he wanted to be able to go to the other company. Uh, we have Andrade, uh, you know, who's in AEW. That was a CMLL guy. You know, CML always worked with New Japan. Talked about this before, but, like, Los Cinco Bernables de Capone was the Japanese version of Los Cinco Bernables, which was El Sombra, a.k.a. Andrade, Rush. Um, I'm pretty sure Rush's brother, Dragon Lee, was a part of it. 
he's part of the newest incarnation of Ring of Honor, and also uh, Tetsuya Naito, before Naito went back to New Japan and became the character that he is. He kind of got the edge over in CMLL, but Andrade has been CMLL-based as La Sombra. He went to NXT, and now because he's not signed, obviously, with that company, he can work for AAA. And we're getting next week on uh, Rampage, one of the only big matches that were discussed. You know, we're getting Deontay Martin versus Malachi Black. That should be very interesting. Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish should be awesome. But more importantly, the Lucha Bros are putting the AAA tag team titles on the line against Andrade and a mystery partner. And a lot of people think it's going to be Roosh. I don't know. He's still with uh, Ring of Honor, but whoever it is, they might put Psycho Clown, which is one of their biggest stars in that place. They might put someone else, but it's just weird seeing that you have to go that far out of a company in order to be able to be a part of the other company, that they don't want anything to do with each other. Like we said, like WCW and WWE back in the day, like all Japan and New Japan, that's how bad this rivalry has become. Yeah, and I remember when I, when we were talking about Andrade when his contract was up, I was like, so he's going to be at Triple Mania, right? And you're like, there's no way <laughs> because of the feud between CMLL yeah. and, and and he fought and, Kenny Omega, yeah, and now he's working Mania. for it with Conan. And you weren't wrong at the time; that was a very bold prediction, all things considered. But uh, yeah, that's it's crazy to think about, man. And and I'm very excited for that tag match with the mystery partner. I wonder if the mystery partner is just going to be Chavo, though. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into um, we'll get into some Andrade when we get into the show reviews. But Jesus, I love Andrade so much, especially this iteration of Andrade. Looky, looky, Dane. Looky. Yeah, man, Andrade's awesome. All right, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I just want to say before we go into Women of Wrestling. In MLW, that uh, there's been a travesty within the world, Chris. Uh, this is a quick one, but I have to talk about it. Chelsea Green has established, let everyone know, that for a second fucking time, OnlyFans has turned down an account for her. And I say, let this woman do what she fucking wants, you evil company. If she wants an account, and she wants a platform for your company. You let fucking Chelsea Green in, damn it. That's all I got. That's all it's I got. That's such a... <laughs> what a weird thing. OnlyFans is like a bunch of feet and naked ladies, but like she can't get an account. <laughs> They're like, she posted, apparently they don't want my money because I've now tried it a second time. I don't I have no idea if this is a name issue, like if someone already has the account name, but they straight up have denied her. She's, you know, somewhat of celebrity status and she's beautiful. And if she wants to post pictures of her feet or whatever she wants to do, she can fucking do it. Damn it. She's a woman. Yeah. Hear her roar. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you know, if Cardona's cool with it, I'm cool with it. <laughs> whatever. But I don't understand why it's so hard for her to get an account on this. There's like a you thousand assholes. people that show up in my Twitter feed that have accounts on this. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I can't continue. I'm laughing too hard. I, I guess maybe um, either, like you said, there's something where her name is already verified with someone else, which now I'm afraid to search that. Um, or 
they're like she's already a star so putting her on here which that doesn't make sense either thinking about it because you know bella thorne is on there for christ's sakes actually i I don't know if i don't know if you know this i know from research obviously because i'm a good researcher uh selena de la renta she has her own page where basically her and alicia toot from mlw just have wrestling matches in um underwear and (laughs) i missed the shit out of selena de la renta as a talent but make your money girl anyone has a problem with it fucking anyone can do whatever the fuck they want and i might be Saying this because I, I I'm I'm a male and maybe I have interests um, in finding out the uh, the current situations of female wrestlers that I like and trying to support them. I'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, women's rights <laughs> doesn't doesn't uh, God? Why can't I think of her name? She has the half um, Day of the Dead makeup. Thunder Rosa doesn't she have an OnlyFans? Uh, I'll do some investigating right now, Chris. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's just such a weird thing. Would Chelsea Green piss off the owners of OnlyFans or something? Like, well, she wants to. She wants to really badly. One of her goals is, and dude, some of the shit, shit that you read on fucking Twitter, just her getting called out by people. But one of her things, she really wants to post for Playboy. And if you've worked honestly, and this is me being honest, if you've worked hard that hard on your body. And you really want to do something like that? Who gives a fuck? That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, in Playboy, I mean, if you're gonna get naked and have pictures taken of you, Playboy used to be the place, like, because and prestigious. Artsy. Yeah, they're artsy about it. I would say that she should probably reach out to Paul Heyman, who um, has the Paul Heyman girls and does photography, and they could say he's done Playboy before as a photographer. That would be very interesting. I don't know that you need to be on Playboy at this point because there's not any newsprints of Playboy anymore, right? It's all digital. No. And poor, I mean, ever since Hugh has gone away, it's definitely gotten lessened in popularity, but I'm sure it's still a huge accomplishment for a woman that wants that to be. And I also want to say kudos to Matt Cardona for fucking not being so, you know, not being a jealous type. And even going online and being like, look, if my girl wants to do something, she can fucking do it, basically. Quit quit hating and worrying about how I think about it. That's how he gets away with buying so many action figures. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you're beautiful. You do that. I'm going to go buy this fucking $5,000 under the giant uh, <laughs> figure no. from 1974 or, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It's a give and take relationship. <laughs> This is such a weird concept to go over, but I had to say something about it. Yeah. Travesty, damn it. Travesty, OnlyFans. <laughs> is it because she's so is it because she's popular though? Like I don't understand because like Alexis Texas has an OnlyFans. <laughs> I, <mean. laughs> I will not confirm or deny that I know that. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to Chelsea. <laughs> Shout out to Chelsea Green. I'm on God your damn side. It. Fuck OnlyFans. So, uh, so uh, we just finished the news, and we're now going directly from Chelsea Green and OnlyFans to talking about women's of wrestling starting back up. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean for that to happen, but that just did. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. So women of wrestling starting back up, and I'm very excited about this. Viacom CBS is making the deal. We don't know exactly which channel. Uh, 
We know that it could be available on CW. Uh, Pluto TV is another one that they own if they want to put it on that type of streaming platform. But they're trying to not capitalize on Glow the series, uh, you know, from Netflix, because obviously that kind of died out. But the concept that that did during its time when it was an actual, you know, not the series of wrestling promotion, they kind of want to pull from the popularity of, of women's wrestling. And... Um, one thing that's that's crazy about this uh, is that AJ Lee, um, AJ Mendez, who obviously, oh no 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 not AJ Mendez, AJ Lee I should say not, who's now who's married to CM Punk, she is going to be one of the executive producers and also the broadcaster on the show, and their current champion, uh, the Beast, um, who looks pretty damn mean, if you will. She will be going against Tessa Blanchard for that championship. This is something that uh, president of Viacom CBS Global Distribution Company, Dan Cohen, says this series offers audience unique, compelling, and creative entertainment that features female superheroes in the ring behind the cameras and is all aspects of the business, both in the U.S. and abroad. We believe this is an event program that will make some noise in the marketplace. So, I hope this actually goes for something bigger, like a CW, uh, in which, like I said, CBS Viacom owns part of it. Viacom owns a million stations, too. I mean, they're the ones who own, uh, not going to put on Comedy Central, but they own that channel. They own MTV, VH1. So we can see this show up. I I hope it's, even though it's free, uh, I hope it's not Pluto TV, because I think that would be kind of just putting it on some platform and letting it do whatever, which I don't think it will do as much. But Tessa Blanchard is going to be part of this. She's going against there. There is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people that kind of uh, have issue for good reason because of past situations and the fact that she's not only going against an African-American uh, wrestler for that belt, uh, but her new T-shirt, Chris, is nuclear heat with her face on the front of it <laughs> with a giant basically uh explosion it looks like almost like a mushroom uh behind it but uh you know i guess you, if she's going to be the main heel that's great and i could also see this being the company that wants uh pages out of her legends deal which obviously if you kept up with her she wants to fuck out of wwe mostly because of the twitch shit i could definitely see this being a company that she might uh want to be a part of uh commentating whatever She's also good friends with AJ Lee. I don't know how their relationship is now, but was good friends with her in real life. So just a, a very cool concept, Chris. Uh, I think Tessa needs to put over the champion. And uh, I could see her with that belt soon, but she's doing a lot of media. And uh, it will be interesting to see what happens. But I'm glad, regardless, if she comes out of retirement, that AJ Lee is a part of this and that CBS, CBS Viacom is trying to put their hand in the pro wrestling game. This is, they're rebooting WoW, right? Or am I getting the, yes. wrong, the name wrong? Okay, so do you, do you remember watching this in, uh, like, I don't know, early 2000s? And it was, uh, God, it used to come on UPN for people here in the uh, South, 69, Channel 69, am I right? <laughs> nice. Uh, do you remember which that somehow, rendition which of somehow it? became the uh, which somehow became the CW, <laughs> UPN. That's when the the WB 
that television station from back in the day merged with uh, UPN and CWN. Uh, Warner Brothers made their station that I believe CBS now owns. Little information. Yeah, so that's inter- I mean, it's going to be. Uh, it's crazy to think about how much women's wrestling has evolved since I, you know, started watching wrestling as a fan. Like, think think about all the companies you have at this point, uh, whether it's just specific to women's wrestling, like Stardom, or um, and then going into like NXT and what their roster is, and and Impact and what their female roster is, and and AEW. It's it's kind of what crazy. Ring of Honor's doing. MLW's finally branching out with women wrestling. It's it's great to see. So I'm ex- I don't know AJ Lee being in, involved is exciting. Uh, Tessa being there, that's, I mean, it's good to see that she's doing something. She's basically had two and a half years off at this this point since no showing that impact event. So, I don't know. Uh, you, you, you've teased me too much with the AJ Lee page. I feel like maybe that's a match that will happen. I used to say it's not going to happen because someone said they shouldn't wrestle in the ring again, and then now Daniel Bryan and Christian are on AEW each week, so... <laughs> Getting dropped on their fucking head. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'm not going to... Sheamus, <laughs> fucking Jeff Hardy, so many people. So at this point, Edge. I'm just like, whatever, I guess send it. <laughs> you know, um, that would be, I think that would be a, if you're looking for a money match, that would that would be something that would move, move some money. If AJ and Paige wanted to do like one last match, that would be a, a big one. I'm excited or even, to see this. Even if they're just the commentators, man, I'd love that for them to have some involvement at a you know producer level and really try to help the show and help the women going forward in this. I mean, that would be great. Yeah. So did, have they said if they're going to do kind of like a lucha underground? Because the last time I watched WoW, and and this, like I said, this would have been like in the early 2000s on UPN. They were still having normal wrestling matches, but they kind of were making it similar to the original WoW, which has cinematic, cinematic and, and soap opera-esque things to it. Have they said anything about that, like as far as how, how they're going to format the show? Well, in the announcement I'm reading from the New York Post, you know, uh, they did say that, that Dave McClain, he founded WoW back in 2000, uh, and, you know, that was all inspiration from GLOW that did the same thing. And in the executive uh, thing, they said the series will offer audiences unique, compelling, and creative entertainment that features female superheroes in the ring and then behind the cameras and in all aspects of the business. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm assuming they're making it cinematic uh, like Lucha Underground, like Glow, like WoW used to be. I'm down for it. I think it'll be uh, it's definitely going to be different than all the other wrestling that's out there. That, that, that's my bet on that. So I'm I'm interested, especially with AJ Lee's name being attached to it. Um, I'm just so surprised because I thought that she really wasn't going to do anything in wrestling. Does that mean that she ends up showing up at AW at some point? I mean, you know, I think CM Punk, I love that he was like, yeah, it's never going to happen. And obviously he knew about this. So good on him, obviously, for keeping the secret about his wife. But yeah, I could see that. I The thing is, she does have some really bad injuries, so I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all up in the air, but I'm just glad that she's having some association back with wrestling in general because maybe that will turn into her being a part of whatever 
in the ring in some format on WoW, AEW. And also, I would do like all these other companies are doing, get included, you know, especially, and I don't want them to set this to happen for them. If they're on Pluto TV, there's no reason where MLW, which is trying to form a women's division, you can't have some type of crossover appeal to be able to complement each other when it comes to pay-per-views. And you should definitely, even if it's just an association of AJ Lee with CM Punk, try to have some type of some type of uh, interactions with uh, AEW, especially if it catches on. But that goes by, and if if it's on CW, I mean TNT is owned by Warner Brothers. CW is partially owned by it, and that seems like one of the places that it could be going. Um. It's owned by CBS and Warner Brothers. Like I said, Warner Brothers has the AW aspect. CBS Viacom has the WOW aspect. So I could see some crossover going on on that. But the rumors, like I said, of Pluto TV and also CW Seed to online platforms or streaming platforms by themselves. I don't. I, I hope they're on a bigger platform, basically. Yeah, me too, and I hope they don't do what they did with the original WoW and put it at, like, 1 a.m. or something weird, you know? Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that at all. But, hey, man, you know, Tessa herself, you can say everything with the controversy. Maybe she addresses some of it, blah, 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 with the title stuff and obviously some of the stuff that was accused of her on Twitter. She has now an ability to kind of talk about that you know, with the spotlight now being put upon her and her doing morning shows with the beast and, and AJ Lee promoting now. Wow. But Tessa is to me, if you go women for horsemen outside of WWE, which is obviously Becky Bailey, Sasha and, um, um, Charlotte, you know, I think it's on the independent level or all these other companies, it's Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, and Tessa Blanchard. They kind of are the biggest female wrestlers outside of WWE, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're talking just specifically America, but yeah, I agree. yeah, yes, yes, exactly. I'm not sh- shine shimmer, shine down, whatever's going over in Japan and. <laughs> And whatnot. Don't call them. Don't call them shine down. That's a, that's. I'm sorry. I had it, man. That that it just worked <laughs> out so perfect. Stardom, be a priestly. Be, be a simple. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, God damn it. I hate that. Company. I don't know. Maybe you know. You know who'd be a great well wrestler. I know she's currently signed to Ring of Honor. But hey, Session Moth, please put her on my TV. Well, if Chelsea can jump, like I said, to NW, she's signed to Ring of Honor. And that's going to be her main place, she said. But she's allowed to work with NWA. She's allowed to work with Impact, where she is currently in AEW if she wants to in the future. Session Moths should be someone else that can kind of like, you know, spread her wings, Chris, in other promotions. You're supposed to laugh at that or give me something. Jesus Christ, put me over. <laughs> No, I don't need sorry. your shit. Sorry, I couldn't find the mute button. That was more of what happened just now. Not <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against you. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about MLW. They started off on Vice. 
I mean, I think that the biggest thing is that people are saying they only got 40,000 views. <sighs> it's going to be hard, man. Vice is a very niche station. I think they knew that going in. Uh, YouTube, they were obviously getting, for some reason, more uh, viewership. But it's also over time compared to the night that they premiere. But awesome show. Um, it featured, spoiler warning, it featured Tajiri winning in a four-way match the the uh, prestigious middleweight championship of MLW. Uh, he went against... Uh, the 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 current champion, um, oh and man, his his name is escaping me. Uh, and then two uh, luchadors that that Punk has uh, not Punk um, Conan has brought into MLW, Eddie's and uh, Artemas. Uh, awesome match, very technical. Myron Reed, I believe, was the past champion. Badass too, actually. Uh, really, really like him. I can't. I'm going to have to look that up just to make sure I'm not a fucking idiot. But either way, to Jerry won. He looked phenomenal in the ring. It was really good seeing him. I swear to God, that motherfucker has won whatever cruiserweight, junior-weight, middleweight championship in every fucking company he's been in between ECW. Well, he was a TV champion in that, but whatever. The WWE, he had the WCW cruiserweight championship, the lightweight championship, uh, the WWE cruiserweight championship. Obviously, all Japan, he's a multi-time light heavyweight champion. He's just a legend. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura, if you can't see it, has said that a lot of him comes from him being a fan of Tajiri when he was a, a younger kid. And it was great seeing him in that match. And then we had the match with Alexander Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu. Uh, unfortunately, and they're giving him a break until November, uh, for wrestling at least, uh, Alexander Hammerstone tweaked what looked like his knee or his ankle in the first, like, six minutes of the match. There was actually a part where uh, it looked like Fatu said to him, like, hey, do you want to keep on going, or are you hurt and we have to go into the ending? And Hammerstone said to him, no, fuck it, we're doing the whole match. And they kept on going, and it was an awesome match, and it featured... Jacob Fatu's a fucking freak, dude. I, I, Jim Cornette has brought this up. He's about the size, you know, obviously different physique of like a Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker was muscle, obviously Fatu for Polynesian guys, more of a bigger dude. But the fact that someone that big uh, can do some of the agile shit is fucking ridiculous. He did a moonsault on the outside from the guardrails that were shaking and he's barefoot and fucking does it perfectly. Hammerstone makes scoop slams, power slams and fucking suplexes. All the, all the minor stuff, you know, belly-to-back suplex look devastating. He also was notably not in his Hammer Time Hulkster gimmick look that he's been rocking. So it was nice to see him more of in a classic look. He's always going to make that comparison in my head to me. But awesome match for being, you know, a bit injured, at least aggravating whatever part of his leg that he injured. He put on a great match. Him and Fatu killed it. And then Hammerstone is now your national champion and also your world heavyweight champion. And basically broke down and cried at the end of it. And I think we'll be along with, I mean, these guys, you got to understand, they had a stopping period for a long period of time before Court Bauer put it back into play. But you're talking about a company that had people like Steve Carino as champion, uh, that had Kojima as champion. Um, I, I think Raven did at one point. 
but like modern wise, you have Filthy Tom Lawler, you have Jacob Fatu, who had it for two and a half years. Uh, I think give it to Hammerstone and let him keep on going. I was a big fan of this. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Chris, have you got a chance to watch it or are you excited about, you know, MLW? I think it's now called Alpha being their show after Dark Side of the Ring, you know, uh, every week on Vice TV. So I only saw those two matches, the the ones that you just talked about, the Tajiri match and the, the Hammerstone match. Uh, that but, was all. They're going to be an hour, and they're going to be straight to the point, apparently. Oh, okay. All right. That makes more sense, because I was like, uh, I, I definitely didn't see the rest of the show if it was a full production. I just watched the matches. But uh, it's interesting. I think they could have done a better job of promoting it on Vice, because we've been talking about them having the show for like the last year. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's just on me, but I don't remember any kind of heavy promotion on Vice. No. Where's Action Bronson? He should be pumping this up. He loves wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can we? Get... Uh, it's just it, that that was the part that was weird is it just kind of came out of nowhere and you sent me the Tajiri thing and I was like, oh, shit, I guess MLW happened. <laughs> Finally. How, how do you like... Uh, Tajiri taking the title off of Myron Reed in an excellent four-way and now being the middleweight champion at 51. And, you know, I was gloating, uh, I was glowing, I should say, about Rey Mysterio last night on SmackDown. Tajiri at 51, man, he's still doing some crazy fucking shit. You can tell the influence he's put on the industry, and I'm, I'm glad to see him with a championship. I mean, I think it's I think it's perfect. I thought it was a really, that's a really good move for MLW because... If he doesn't win that, do people talk about the show? No, you know, I don't like, think so. I mean, unless you know it. Like, unless you're just a diehard wrestling fan that's already going to watch MLW stuff. You know, like, so that was, a, that was a smart move on their part. I mean, obviously, they maybe they could have gotten, I, I wouldn't even say a bigger name, but they could have gotten a big name to do the same thing. But it makes sense. And uh, Tajiri obviously can still go because that was a good match. So... <laughs> Uh, I think that's exciting, man. I, I don't know. I MLW is a little weird because I just don't know what they're going to do with their show. Like there's supposed to be a crossover with WWE at some point. Uh, I got information assuming, on that. Yeah, I was going to assume that that's kiboshed at this point. But um, what I would recommend if, if I was running Vice, I would do like a build up and uh, fuck that's delicious. Do you like action Bronson? Then do your, you know, uh, was it beyond the ropes or whatever? Do you like a Samoan episode and go over the entire dynasty of Samoans? Cause there's great stories to tell or, or that entire family. You could do a whole storyline on in itself and it'd be a great documentary. Maybe do like a, a, a two hour thing and then build into the show and promote it ahead of time. Cause I, I watch a lot of vice, but I had no idea that this show was happening. Um, which is kind of sad. So like getting 40,000 viewers, it's like, well, yeah, if no one knew it was on <laughs> like. No, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think besides promoting, because like I said, they got 40,000 viewers for that night. That's not the best. Even if on it's, it's on a niche station like vice, they were doing better viewership on their YouTube station, but it's going to take time. I agree. There needs to be a hell of a lot more promotions for it. Hopefully we see that in weeks to come. 
I'm at, I'm really happy that Hammerstone has a championship. And I don't know if this is going to be like this going forward, but do you think he's going to tone down almost completely now that he's on Vice the Hoganisms, if you will, that he was applying in the last uh, little while that he's been a baby face? And how do you like him as champion? I like that they flipped the belt. Um, like you said, Fatus had it for God. He be, he he's the one that built beat Filthy Tom for it, right? So it's yeah, been a long ass time. two and a half years. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. It's, you do a title change on your first show, your first TV show. I'm fine with that. And Hammerstone is the guy you would give it to in that company, honestly. And uh, you're the one who turned me on to to the Hammerstone. So I'm gonna give you props on that. Uh, I don't think you should tone down anything. What's Hulk gonna sue him or something? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> he should mm. he should amplify it if anything. I don't know. I don't know if, if Hulk would do that because it's Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? But at, part of me go, would think that he would look at him and be like, yeah, brother, he's keeping the Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania alive. You know, like would want to like get a hold of Hammerstone and, and talk to him or some shit. Then the other half's like, no, brother, you can't use that. So it's 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 Hulk Hogan. It's up in the air. But uh, just, uh, you know, they, they do have to they have to put some more into it. Uh, one thing I do like, though, Chris. The guy who played Dario Cierto on um, Lucha Underground, and now he's in charge. He's like the uh, the guy in charge of MLW, uh, if you will. Like uh, Luis Fernandez Gill, at least on the show, was what I mean. Like the authority figure. They're bringing back, and I think they're doing a, a separate show that's going to be kind of a branch off of Lucha Underground without the actual continuity, but very much that similar flavor. Because they have Mil Mortes. They have like all these L.A. Park all these great Lucha Libre-based wrestlers. Conan's in their back pocket. He's showing off new wrestlers and has a new incarnation of LAX on the show. They have a lot of smart stuff because, to me, MLW takes aspects that I remember from ECW and also WCW Monday Nitro era stuff, and they're kind of taking the remnants of Lucha Underground and bringing it in here. But I really miss the presence of Selena De La Renta. I wish that they never lost her. That was definitely... I don't know where she goes, but she was a major talent on that television show. I have to agree with you there. It's uh, so. So, what is the news with the crossover between WWE and MLW? <sighs> so they got mad because MLW um, had a deal in the works uh, before everything happened with Vice. While they're talking back and forth with Hunter and NXT about doing some crossover stuff, they were going to go to Tubi, the uh, streaming platform. Tubi's owned by Fox. And for some fucking reason, Vince and uh, WWE was not happy about another wrestling company, even though they wanted to do promotions with your other wrestling company. Um that's on fucking USA, your other fucking formatted production company. Uh, since it was Fox owned, they thought they were basically coming in on, on their territory and next uh, Hunter's plans for a crossover. But that sucks. Also, that's stupid. For w- that sucks for WWE. They could have had Jacob Fatu show up as part of the bloodline. <laughs> it's, it's dumb both ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, that those sucks. two guys, man. Scream WWE, Jacob Fatu and Alexander Hammerstone to me. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for new talent, there you go. They're right there. That, and I think that's where we talked when we talked about this. Like, I guess it was almost a year ago at this point. The the potential of what you could do with MLW and NXT because I thought that was going to be the crossover. Um, man, those are the two guys that are standouts on that roster. Yep. It, it it's kind of embarrassing. I, I don't know. NXT in general, I guess we'll get into it, but uh, I've not been the biggest fan as of late. Yeah, we can get into it really quickly now uh, that we're going away from MLW because I did watch a show, and all I have to say is Ron Breaker, Tony D'Angelo. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got from the fucking show. Um, I love Ciampa. I love a lot of what they're trying to do some cool stuff with uh, – I mean, I'm just kind of sick of the fuck. I've said this so many times. The Shawn Michaels diesel concept, the smaller agile guy with the heavy. And it looks like to try to help him out, they're putting Von Wagner with uh, Kyle O'Reilly, whatever. They're about to lose hit row, which I think could have done a bunch of stuff. And I think that Shane Strickland is going to drop that title uh, next week, the North American Championship, because of that to Santos Escobar. But... Braun's going to take that championship at Halloween Havoc against Tommaso Ciampa. I think he's doing really well at what Samoa Joe could have done, but whatever the fuck of being the elder statesman that's helping out the new talent. Uh, but Braun really, I really like him. And Tony D'Angelo, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm Italian. I think he's fucking up the Chicago accent and going more like Brooklyn. But hey, man, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fucking, he's, he's a good guy. And it was nothing fancy that he showed me in the ring, but uh, I, I like his character, but that's all I really have for that show. Uh, fucking tie of Valkyrie lost, even though it's against the champion. I just thought that was kind of, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with her. I, I did like the Frankie Bonet, uh, match on NXT. It was very short. Yeah. She looked like a million bucks. Yep. Beating, the, beating the shit out of, uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about this. So they get rid of all their punk rock characters in WWE, and then they just try try to create one who's skating up penny board and like just dress like a normal. I don't want to say a geek, but just like an average wrestler, kind of like. Was that a mm-hmm. shot or something? Like, what were they going with that? How is Frankie Monet not on the main roster? You just did a dr- draft. <sighs> How? It's baffling. And uh, she ended up getting like a roll-up loss because WWE. uh, (laughs) And who is the geek that comes out with? I can't think of. I can't even think of the girl's name because he's. In my notes, I wrote generic female wrestler. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who is the guy that was on the outside? What what was that storyline? Did I miss something? Is there some kind of. That's her boyfriend. They're engaged. They kind of did like a little promo, I think, the week before. Um, I don't fucking know, man. I Just some of the stuff. Like, I don't care about Fatal Attraction. Mandy Rose got her fucking hair dyed brown. I, I, I feel like this is actually taken away from seeing Gigi Dolan do something. I kind of like, in a weird way, the Joe Gacy shit. But I don't know where the fuck they're going. Because he's known for being within the industry as a CZW, like, hardcore guy. But now he's doing this fucking concept with the uh i don't know the woke 
concept, I guess, is what he's trying. I don't. It's it's fucking weird. But hey, like I said, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo. There you go. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. The Joe Gacy stuff was interesting. I'll say that. It's too it's too soon to say if it's bad or not, right? Like it's, I don't. I I thought the match itself was okay, and uh, my only worry is they're gonna have him do a cult leader gimmick. Yeah, is he's try? Are they trying to make him like the new Stephen Richards? Either that or the new Bray Wyatt. That that's where I took it. Mm. Um, but yeah, he you know he was good in the ring. That was a fun match. It's. That that's what this show is going to be, though. Like everything that we loved about NXT has been stripped away, so it's just going to be <laughs> Braun Breaker suplex and motherfuckers. People and are comparing it to WWE superstars from the early '90s. I've seen a I, lot of comparisons to that. I could see that. I mean, when you're talking about four three-minute matches and a bunch of vignettes, I mean, that's like Sunday Night Heat is what I would compare it to because that's more relevant to my time period of watching wrestling. Um, that's that's how it feels right now and uh that's crazy it's crazy to think about that this this is a company that was specifically built around how good they were in the ring and how many good wrestlers they have and they're just like i I get trying to get young talent over that's a that's a, a whole different conversation but at the same time you shouldn't kill off your entire show to do it you, one thing I don't know what they're doing, Chris, and I know Rich Holland just went up. Like I said, um, Hit Row just went up to either I forgot which one. I think they're on SmackDown. We'll talk about that soon for clarification. But I don't know what they do with some of the older talent that's on there. I hope they don't end up getting fucked over. But newer talent-wise, I felt like, if you will, the guys that they they seem like they're they're working on the most are Odyssey Jones, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo. Um, you could throw, you could probably, I guess, throw Von Wagner. They see a lot in him. Now that I've I've gotten more of a look at him, he he more looks like if Edge had uh, gigantism. Uh, the same thing that Andre <laughs> fucking and uh, show because his eyebrows are like that 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 skull of his. I don't even know what the hell's going on, uh, but. I thought Parker Bardot was going to be one of those guys, and he was known for being, you know, a collegiate wrestler, but also mainly more a football player. Uh, he looks, at least he did, looked very similar to Brock, to Brock Lesnar. There's been that comparison before. Even he made it, or he was signed with NXT, that he looks like a young Brock Lesnar. So what do they do? They shave his head, and it looks like he's going to be either the guy going after Joe uh, Gacy in this weird, ominous, like, shaved head, whatever, or his bodyguard. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing with him, so. Yeah, I have, I have absolutely... He's Harland. On that one. He's Harland. I, I I thought they had something with Ridge. I thought he was going to be the guy to maybe take the belts off uh, Ciampa. Or no, that's going to be... Was. That's going to be uh, Braun... I mean, Rex Steiner, I mean, Braun Breaker, who, whatever the fuck you call him, I guess. We're just going to call him Rex Steiner on the show. <laughs> Man, you refuse to to call him Braun Breaker. It's such a terrible name. For, like, you can't look at that guy and be like, not know that that's Rick Steiner's kid. You're like, he looks exactly like Rick Steiner. 
God, and he sounds just like Scott, man. <laughs> it's why? Why would you? I mean, I know why you would do it if you're WWE. It's like we would hate for him to take that name and get it over. It's like, I mean, he could still take that name and go somewhere else and get it over. It's not like it's going to be a new thing <laughs> for the people that care about that stuff. Everyone knows that he's Scott Steiner's kid. You guys are alluding to the dog face gremlin on commentary and shit. Like, why did you just give him the name? It's fucking embarrassing. Get better, WWE. And the and 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 the fucking multicolored, you know, tie dye. That's that's his dad's fucking gimmick. Yeah, like that's it, what he used to come out in. It's like '90s Steiner gimmick, right? Like Steiner line. Steiner line. <laughs> Sorry. Now that but he's great. It's gonna be stuck in my head for six days. Thank you, Dane. <laughs> if you know, if you kind of. I don't know who the exact four is in NXT, but guys in their early 30s, they're trying to groom. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about AEW's four guys that seem like the ones that are coming up the most out of the younger guys. Obviously more established, but Braun Breaker seems like he's number one no matter what uh, within that realm for NXT. I just don't know if I care that much about NXT and or if this is the point where I'm looking forward to seeing you either if older wrestlers jump from this to something else as an AEW or whatever, you know, Bobby fish just got signed by, by AEW. Or if it's these younger guys, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do on Raw and SmackDown. I don't have as much passion and love for NXT by itself, but I'm still looking forward to Halloween havoc and hopefully Ciampa and breaker have a great match. And I feel like Braun breaker is going to take that title from Ciampa, but hopefully they do something with them afterwards. I don't know. Do you remember that wrestler they had on their roster named Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes, Pete Dunn. I mean, what the fuck are they going to Kyle O'Reilly? What are they going to do with all these guys? Pete Dunn just re-signed, so hopefully something for him. God. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say about NXT. It's a weird show right now, man. It's... Uh, like I said, I get trying to put over new talent, but... At the same time, it still has to be a watchable TV show. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect it to happen so fast. Me and you were talking about it. You were 100% right. It was going to completely change and be shit is basically what you said. I thought they would slowly integrate in the shit, you know, like slowly integrate to it getting shitty and like have some matches people would care about. Ugh. You were right. You were right, Dean. I don't even want to be right. All right, let's keep on going with the WWE stuff uh, and talk about... We'll talk about first the draft itself. It's a lot of names, Chris. There's one thing I want to point out about this draft. How the fuck is Gable Stevenson getting drafted? He never went to NXT. Are they just assuming that this guy is going to be great? I mean, yeah. They want to surpass him from NXT. I don't know if you've heard, but... It wasn't it wasn't UFC. It was actually the NCAA that he's still able to be a part of. He's still in college. His goal is before he comes to WWE, while they moved a fucking place for him to get trained at specifically by himself over there. So they're training him for pro wrestling at the same time as this. He wants to now that he has the gold medal, get the NCAA championship uh, before. I guess he makes his move to WWE, or if he becomes champion, he's ready to go. We might actually see the NCAA champion 
appear on a WWE platform premiering eventually. That's fucking what was the crazy. Point of dra- What's the point of drafting him, though? Because he's not in the company. He doesn't have to be part of the draft. He could just show up on whatever brand you need him on. To create buzz, I guess, for the sports world. I don't fucking know, man. Uh, I'm excited about him being part of it. And if he can actually accomplish that, like I said, if he gets that belt, the real prestigious belt within college wrestling and shows up on WWE with that, that's interesting. And that might be happening in the next couple of months, but they might want to, they're trying to split him. They're trying to slowly integrate him in WWE while he's still in college, finishing up with the NCAA. Yeah, I have no faith on, in them doing this right. That's that's more of what I was getting at, I guess. Uh, no, I it get was, it, man. It was just weird that he was part of, like, why would he be part of the draft? Shouldn't that be a big name, a big surprise at, like, Rumble, have him show up and suplex, like, everyone in the ring kind of thing? Maybe he's already, because, like, he apparently he's been training for a while uh, with this person. Like I said, they sent, like, basically, like, a whole entire wrestling ring and everything to train him. Um, so I don't know. They've, they've been trying to fine tune him. So maybe they think that he's ready to make an appearance. The only problem is if he gets injured in one thing, he's taken out the other. And to me, if I was him, I wouldn't have wanted to get signed this quickly or no, he got signed, but make his roster debut that quickly. If you want to make that your next thing, finish that, finish up and then come over here. But he's going for Kurt Angle's biggest accomplishment and Brock Lesnar's biggest accomplishment as one person, which is huge. If he gets a gold medal and that championship, that's huge. But he was in the draft. What if he lo- but, but what if he loses? Yeah, exactly. There is that. <laughs> like, but they were they were hyping him for being a potential for not even winning the Olympic gold yet at that time. So I don't know. Yeah, but now it's it's they've built the storyline into like he's a gold medalist, he's going to go win this collegiate title. You know that's how they're going to build the the story. But like, what if he loses? Ugh. I mean, it was different with the Brock because he already established himself as a wrestler, then went to UFC and became a champion, lost, and then came back. But like, if the buildup is that you're this guy and you're not going there directly after winning the gold medal. I'm not saying he's probably not going to lose because the guy is fucking incredible and amazing athlete. And I have nothing against Gable Stevenson It's just, or Gabe Stevenson. I, I, I just think it's like a weird way to book a guy. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll see how he does, but do you want me to go over our SmackDown's uh, finished draft? Like the names first. Uh, I, well, do you want to do a broad overview real quick? Because uh, who do you think won the draft? Because in me, it was uh, SmackDown. Raw. Oh, I thought it was Raw, man. Or, no, no, a... no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, Raw. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. No, you're good. And I mean, SmackDown has Roman Reigns and Charlotte. There's that. Those are the two biggest stars I consider within the company. Sasha Banks is also a part of it. So it seems like <laughs> SmackDown, which was known for their matches, and Raw has been better and better about it as of lately, but Raw has, like, all the fucking workers, like, the big workers. So it's uh, it's weird, man. It's, uh, you know, they got Seth Rollins. They got Finn Balor. They have Edge. Rey Mysterio's on there. Riddle. Shelton Benjamin. 
I mean, some these are some of the best match wrestlers in the business. Uh, I don't know. I think Raw won for sure. And I know they have an extra hour, but maybe that's a good thing because we'll get good matches <laughs> with some of these guys. You know, uh, apparently the rumor is, Chris, that Finn Balor is going to be in one of the biggest pushes on Raw. <laughs> yeah, after he couldn't win against Roman Reigns because of fucked up ropes. A, a, a turnbuckle exploding. <laughs> Ugh. And they also, so if anyone was wondering, when they made the announcement for Finn Balor, they were very specific. The Demon and Finn Balor are both going there. So apparently Vince wants to keep on doing the Demon gimmick after he destroyed it. Uh, I can't wait to watch a bunch of red lights. You know, it's my favorite thing in wrestling, Dane. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go down this roster, and you just tell me what you think about it. AJ Styles, Kira Tozawa, Alexa Bliss, Angelo Dawkins, Paulo Cruz, Austin Theory, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Big E, Bobby Lashley, Carmella, Cedric Alexander, Chad Gable, Commander Aziz, Damian Priest, Dana Brooke, Dolph Ziggler, Dominic Mysterio, Dewdrop, Drake Maverick, Edge, Finn Balor, Gable Stevenson, Jackson Riker, John Morrison, Karrion Cross, Keith Bearcatley, Kevin Owens, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Montez Ford, MVP, Nia Jax, Nikki Ash, Omas, Otis, R-Truth, Randy Orton, Reggie, Rey Mysterio, Rhea Ripley, Riddle, uh, Bobby Roode, Seth Rollins, Shelton Benjamin, T-Bar, Tamina, Tegan Knox, The Miz, Veer, and Zelina Vega. It's a stack. The picture's on Messenger. The pic- <laughs> if you don't, if you need it, the picture's on um on the uh, our little instant message group thingy or whatever our thing. If you need it. So Raw is the Kevin Owens show again. That's what. It- <laughs> Dude, but listen to these matches that we can get, potentially. I mean, the women on this, uh, you know, are awesome between Bianca. Obviously, we have Becky Lynch, who's a champion, but Bianca Belair, they're going into that. But we have Liv Morgan, Nia Yim added to it. You know, uh, Tegan Knox is separated from Shotzi as a singles performer, even though they didn't do shit with her. Selena Vega. But then you also go in the men's, man. Like I said, I mean, Edge, Randy Orton. And who knows if they're going to go down that route? Maybe not. Uh, Seth Rollins, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, Kevin Owens, uh, Finn Balor. There's going to be Bobby Lashley, Big E. There's going to be some awesome matches to be made with this roster. Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's. What do you do? What? How do you book all that? That's the problem. I want Balor and AJ Styles to eventually have a feud. They don't even need the title for that to be awesome. Uh, they only had that one match, and it was great, and it was on a whim when um, Bray came down with that thing that he had. And they had to like switch stuff up. Uh, and also, I want to see, and I know this is kind of a controversial concept, but I'd like to see Riddle and Seth Rollins, since they actually have heat in real life, uh, have some matches. <laughs> That would be entertaining. Did they? So they didn't draft RK Bro as a tag team, right? They drafted them individually. 
Well, some of these are tag teams, groups, whatever, but they're just individually in alphabetical order from this uh, thing. So, yeah, RK-Bro is still the champions, and they're going against uh, Crown Jewel, AJ, and Amos. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So we get that match again. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's switch it over to SmackDown. We got Aaliyah, which, hey, man, I've been saying what the fuck you're going to do with her, so now they're trying, I guess. Uh, Angel Garza. Ashanti, the Adonis, B-Fab, Cesaro, Shaw Flair, Drew Gulak, Drew McIntyre, Eric, Happy Corbin. Do I really have to call him that? Humberto Carrillo, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Ivar, Jeff Hardy, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Jinder, King Nakamura, Kofi Kingston, Mace, uh, Madcap Moss, Mansoor. Mustafa Ali, Naomi, Natalia, Rick Boogs, Ricochet, Ridge Holland, Roman Reigns, obviously, Sami Zayn, Sasha Banks, Shanky, uh, Shayna Baszler, Sheamus, Shotzi Blackheart, Tony Storm, Top Dollar, Xavier Woods, and Zia Lee. Why isn't Zia Lee on the same show as Nia Jax? I want to see them in a match together. <laughs> I have absolutely knock no each other idea. the fuck out. <laughs> oh man such great matchups of of happy corbin and <laughs> i would actually because i know he's gonna drop the title i'd love to see jeff hardy uh in a feud with uh former shane strickland kill shot isaiah swerve scott i think that they, they would have some magic together um i can't see a lot of these guys going against roman though like, that's the biggest problem. I mean, I guess like Brock. Drew McIntyre. So they didn't draft Brock, right? No, because of Paul Heyman, apparently, in the storyline, he allowed Brock to be a free agent again. So he can go from place to place. And Roman was like, you fucking call this? And he's like, my, my tribal chief. Some of the best acting from fucking uh, Paul Heyman two weeks ago. He was crying, for Christ's <laughs> sakes, after that. Paul's great. Uh, I mean, like. Lesnar and then Ridge Holland, I guess. You could do someone like a Ridge Holland if you want to put that much into. The only, like I said, the only person that, like Drew McIntyre comes to mind, but what's he beats Drew? Who does he go on against? Like, I guess you have Jeff Hardy. You could probably do Nakamura if you wanted to. Ugh, that makes me think they're going to do stuff with Jinder, though, or Happy Corbin, which I don't want to see. Um, I mean, I is mean, it just me or is Roman's? Roman's getting more and more over every week with the audience in a good way. Like, when he says acknowledge me, yeah, he gets some boos, but it's a majority of cheers. When are they going to pull the plug on that and switch him? (laughs) I have no I don't think they're going to switch him. Just let him keep on being like this, and if if people cheer for him, they cheer for him. If they don't, they don't. Yeah, I mean, they've done that with him his entire career. Yeah. So he'll probably just stay status quo. I mean, the actual answer would be like make Sami Zayn a babyface and have him have a run, and have to go through like Corbin and Nakamura, et cetera, to get to the title. But they're not going to do that. No, <laughs> you know, Sam, Sammy's gone at the end of this damn contract. He's going to dance his way out the fucking door. I mean, he's the he's the one guy I see as a babyface that would at least make sense going against Roman. Like you, can, I love Rich Holland. I think he's, I think he's going to be a phenomenal wrestler, but he's not a guy you're going to feel sympathetic about. You could or, do Kofi. You could do Kofi, 
That is true. That that's probably the only other person on that roster outside of Sammy um, being an underdog baby face that would make sense with Roman. But I mean, they're they're clearly setting that up for him and Brock, and then uh, probably The Rock at Mania, and they have no other plans after that. They're just like whatever. I got Roman will just beat a guy. <laughs> Three guys I hope make a difference because of a change of uh, place would be Angel Garza. Mustafa Ali and Ricochet. I hope that they're able to do some different things since they're not on fucking Raw anymore. Um, but Ricochet, who knows? Ricochet is interesting. That's someone that you could do some stuff with. I don't know if they will. Him and Sammy would have a pretty good feud, even if Sammy's going out in the next like little time period, and Sammy puts him over by the end of it after he's done with the Ray and Dominic. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, shit. <sighs> Man, so are we going to get a Ricochet-Ray match? No, Ray's now on the other fucking program. Oh, no, never mind. Okay, yeah. No, when you said That's Ray and sucks. Dominic, I, I was like... They, they, they switched. <sighs> I wanted that, though. Uh, um, yeah, Here's a weird concept. If you're Mason T-Bar... Mason T-Bar split up, and now T-Bar is by himself on Raw. Do you think they finally let him go just by Dominic Dijakovic? I hope so. Jesus Christ. Um, we did get uh, got New Day versus the Usos again, right? Yep. New Day and uh, Usos are on the same platform. And also, one thing, and people haven't been complaining about this, but I actually think this is great, so they can finish shit up and get it ready. This goes into place after Crown Jewel. So we're going to see the same rosters or even people kind of like jumping from one to the other until then to finish up whatever they have so they can start up fresh with new rosters as soon as that pay-per-view is over. Hmm. Well, that's weird, but <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's weird, but it's not as jarring, I, I feel. But I mean, if they're doing, they do mixed pay-per-views anyway, so it's not. Yeah, it's not, I guess it's not that big of a deal. It would be weirder if they were doing like two years ago when they had split pay-per-views. Could you imagine that? Ugh. We, when me and you were watching 28 pay-per-views a year for WWE. Jesus. Ridiculous. <laughs> like every yeah, but that, other that's... weekend we had a pay-per-view. It's like we were uh, like divorced dads picking up our kids. <laughs> Some shit. Oh, Jesus. Every other weekend we had a pay-per-view. It was terrible. And none of them were good, so at least they got rid of that. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. My biggest question is now, do not do what you did with the fucking New Day and um, the Street Profits a couple years back, or maybe it was last year. I can't remember. Whatever you're trying to figure out, and I know that Charlotte hasn't been confirmed for a match at Saudi Arabia, but that's probably going to happen. But Becky obviously has a title match between Sasha and Bianca. She has the fucking Raw Women... She has a SmackDown Women's Championship, and she's on Raw. Charlotte has the Raw Championship, and she's on SmackDown. I do not want to see them trade over the fucking belts and just completely depart from the lineage. That would be stupid. Figure out something and get those titles where they need to be. So uh, I have a friend that's a casual wrestler, wrestling fan. 
he watches it with his kid at work, and he was like, so what do they do with the titles now that they switched them? He's like, they probably just hand them to each other. That's what happened Ugh. last time. I hate uh, that. Uh, Bailey didn't get drafted? No, and that they, they, they said that, I think, on either the SmackDown after show or the Raw after show, probably the SmackDown one, that anyone that's injured is a free agent right now at this point. So they'll come into whatever the fuck company, whatever show, once they're done being injured. But I think Ma- Bailey made a comment about that on Twitter. So Stevenson gets drafted, but not Bailey. Yeah, Stevenson might not be in for another couple months, but uh, yeah, I, I don't get that. Uh, whatever. So Bailey's winning Rumble, right? I would think so. I think she's definitely someone that you could see winning that Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least we have that to look forward to. I'm. I mean, I guess with the SmackDown show, they have people there that could have good matches. It's two hours. How how often are we going to watch Nakamura versus uh, Corbin <laughs> in the near future? What's your over-under oh, on that? I, I think at least eight matches. <laughs> I don't know, man. One person I'm happy that kind of shakes things up a bit is Sheamus now being on SmackDown. I think that was actually a smart idea. I think that he can have some pretty cool matches with people. And if they wanted to, you know, if they don't have anything for them to do, put him and Cesaro back together. Do that, or or do you do you book Sheamus as a babyface again? I could him see him be becoming a, a badass fucking brawling babyface, but he's a good person. If you're not going to give him the made title to bounce off of people like Baron Corbin, uh, to bounce off of people like Shinsuke Nakamura. Him and Shinsuke, if they're like, fuck it, we're going to hit the shit out of each other, that's going to be a brutal <laughs> match. Which is both like, of them are stiff as hell if they want to be. <laughs> it's like actually all of their matches. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, fuck ring work. Let's just whip the shit out of each other. <laughs> they turn into Nick Gage and Necro the Butcher when they face each other. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's great. I love it, but it's it's not going to be considered one of them five-star classics. My my biggest question, Chris, is what is Mace going to do on this on this uh who cares? Who gives a <laughs> shit. <laughs> if you really want Mace, like honestly, if you're going to split him up, I want to put in T-Bar, make him Dominic Dijakovic, put him on SmackDown to give another awesome big guy to ro- work with that can do work with smaller guys because he's aerial and whatnot and can work with the bigger guys because he's strong and put Mace on Raw and put him with the fucking Hurt Business as their big, big dude. Kind of doesn't say anything. He just, you know, actions speak louder than words. Just start him over again. But uh, I don't give a fuck about Mace on SmackDown. I hope T-Bar does well on Raw, though. If you want to get Mace over, buy that Mace song. It's like, why you just in a... (laughs) One more girl standing here. Have that, have that Vias theme song. Give him a manager, and just have him squash some dudes. It's not that hard to get someone over. People would pop for that. They'd be like, "Oh, I like that Mace song." That's awesome. All right, I, I don't know how we uh, should go about this. So I got, I got the uh, King of the Ring and the uh, the Queen's Crown. Uh, tournament layouts, which they, which they promoted during AEW Dynamite, which is still fucking hilarious. Dude, you told me about that. That's crazy. It wasn't like that on YouTube TV, but it's crazy that that even happened. 
Um, but we also have Crown Jewel, and I want to kind of briefly go over some of the highlights of Raw and SmackDown. Chris, it's up to you. Do you want to start off with the King of the Ring brackets, Queen of the Ring brackets? Do you want to go over Crown Jewel or the highlights of Raw and SmackDown? I'm letting you do this. Uh, let's go over the brackets first. All right, brackets, and we had some winners. I told you last night. The people that I thought were going to win lost the first fucking rounds in each fucking thing. Like, I was like, all right, well, never mind. Because my two choices for the men's, I said it would be awesome uh, if either Rey Mysterio or Cesaro won. Now, I am going to admit, I'm Xavier Woods through and through on this. That's one of the things that he's wanted for the longest time. Um, He said to him... That'd be like winning one of the major championships because he's been such a fan of the actual tournament itself. But Rey Mysterio advancing, I would have loved that. He lost to Sami Zayn. <laughs> and then Cesaro, and I mean, it's it's between a rock and a hard place. I don't even know why Balor's in this. Um, Cesaro and Balor, Cesaro lost. Then the women, Tony Storm, one of my top choices, Loses to one of my other top choices, Zelina Vega. And Liv Morgan loses to Carmella? Why? Like, Carmella to me is the female equivalent to Baron Corbin. If any any female has ever needed a manager, Carmella really needs Enzo right now. (laughs) Shit. I don't know. I love her high-pitched screams that she fucking does. All right, so going over the King of the Ring uh, with the brackets... Like I said, Rey Mysterio, Sami Zayn, Rey lost to Sami, Sami advances. Cesaro against Finn Balor. Finn Balor beats Cesaro, he advances. So Sami Zayn against Finn Balor, which should be a great match. On the other side for Raw, Kofi Kingston against Jinder Mahal. Xavier Woods versus Ricochet. Uh, I love Ricochet, uh, but I think Xavier Woods is going to win that. And I think he's going to have to go against his best friend and beat Kofi Kingston to advance. But watch them put Jinder Mahal and Ricochet over <laughs> so I can be even more pissed. Uh, if that's the buildup they're going, is Kofi and Xavier in the finals, that, that would be great. Well, they would be the semifinals because they're the raw, raw side of it. So if but what I think you know happens... What I mean, at the end of the tournament, yeah. for the, let's say block B, because uh, I'm in G1 mode, <laughs> so yeah if that if that's the finals for that block that that is that's really awesome good that's awesome i think fans will lose their shit i think it's going to come down to well i don't know i mean you would want to do heel versus babyface, but i think it's gonna be balor and xavier woods in the finals i think that the next round for smackdown finn is going to beat Sami Zayn. But who knows, maybe Sammy Zayn does some heel shit. Uh, But I think it's going to be Kofi and Xavier, and Xavier's going to beat Kofi. And I hope he takes the whole thing. I hope he beats either Sammy or Finn to win the King of the Ring. Oh, that's, man, this is going to be a tough tournament for me because I have a lot of like personal favorites in this one. <laughs> Pretty much all of them are your favorites because you got either Sammy or Finn on one side, and I really think it's going to be either Xavier or Kofi on the other side. So who wins those matches? I mean, do we get Sammy versus Xavier Woods? 
We could. If Sammy beats, that's I, I said, I think that Xavier is going to beat either Sammy or Finn, but I, I really could see it being heel versus babyface, Xavier versus Sammy, and Xavier beats Sammy for it in uh, Saudi Arabia. God, I hate that it's going to be at the crown jewel thing because, I, well, you know, maybe maybe they'll give him time to work. I was going to say, could you imagine like a really well worked match between Sammy and, and Finn? Well, that's not Sammy and Finn's going to be next week. They're, OK, yeah. So it's how much time do you think they're going to give him three minutes? Hopefully a while, man, because especially if if it looks like Sammy's going to be going against Xavier, Sammy needs to figure out a way in the match to beat Finn Balor. Uh, so they need to give him a little bit of fucking time because I don't want to see Finn go down for some bullshit. Wouldn't it be hilarious if like Finn's like, I'm going to be the demon and then Sammy shows up as El Generica. He's like, I got you calling your bluff. <laughs> Dude, I would I would love that. Ole. This is a good tournament. This is probably the best thing they've done, and uh, or at least the thing I'm most excited about that that WWE's done in a long time. Yeah, no, me too. Um, let's go to uh, Queen's Crown tournament. So we had Tony Storm and Zelina Vega last night. Uh, Tony Storm lost to Zelina Vega. It's like whatever. And then Liv Morgan lost to Carmella. Liv Morgan was my number one choice. Uh, I don't think that's happening now, but. So it's going to be next week, Selena Vega versus Carmella. The winner will advance to the finals. And I don't know who wins that, but we look at the other side. Chris, Dewdrop or Natalia on Raw next week? Who do you got? Dewdrop. And it makes sense because she's had some confrontation with the person that's going against Dana Brooke again, who almost fucking destroyed her, and I think will inevitably win the queen's crown Shayna Baszler against Dana Brooke. <laughs> Who do you got? Shayna. I love you, Dana, but sorry. <laughs> so if that's the case, we got Zelina Vega next week and Carmella. I love to see Zelina Vega go on just to help her out a bit, but I feel like Carmella is going to beat her next week. So Shayna versus wait, Trying to make the bracket make sense in my mind. Shayna versus Carmella. You think Carmella's going to win that? Just because she's a past champion. I mean, I, I feel like Shayna's going to. She's going to. Her and Dewdrop will have a good match. She'll advance. She's not putting over Dewdrop. I like. I, I love Piper Niven. But if WWE has finally started making Shayna like she was in NXT and then she loses the fucking Dewdrop, you're an idiot. But to me, she goes against whoever wins between Carmella and Zelina Vega. And she should destroy either one of them and win the fucking thing to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're on the same page then. Yeah, sorry. I misheard what you said. Yeah, that makes sense. Shayna is pretty much going to run through this tournament if if that's how they're booking her. I would have loved to have seen her and Liv Morgan and Liv actually put up a really good fight. But what the fuck ever, you know. I I just have no faith in them booking Liv Morgan properly at this point. So No, she's someone needs to get the fuck out of there. Go be with your best friend over in fucking AEW, Liv. Some bullshit. So I guess we should go over Crown Jewel because that kind of feeds into this. So the, like I said, the King of the Ring tournament finals will be there, and so will the Queen of the uh, Crown tournament finals. So uh, whoever wins that, that will be neat. But last night, man, 
big bomb, and I'm actually really looking forward to this. Edge and Seth Rollins, Chris, are going to finish their rivalry in Saudi Arabia, but in a Hell in a Cell match. If there's two people I trust in Hell in a Cell, it's Edge and Seth Rollins, and I'm not fucking putting the last thing that Seth Rollins did in Hell in a Cell against him. I think these guys will be creative. I hope they don't fucking kill each other. And to me, I really think Seth Rollins needs a win over Edge. I know they're tied. I know Edge is the baby face, but I feel like Seth could use the win in a Hell in a Cell more. But I'm actually really looking forward to that match. Hmm, me too. It just screams fuckery of some sort. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a great match. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think Seth definitely needs the win. Just how he gets it might be a different Who, conversation. Is Seth going to jump off the fucking top of the thing and go put Edge to an announce table? I could see Seth doing a five-star frog splash off the top of the cage. I could see that. You know Seth wants redemption for that shitty Hell in a Cell match, and uh, for anyone that listened to that Austin-Seth interview, maybe that's why this is a thing. Yep. Edge could have met, like been like, hey man, do you want to do a good Hell in the Cell? Edge has been in a couple Hell in the Cells, right? What is the other thing called uh, that's not Hell in a Cell Elimination Chamber? I remember him yeah. in those. I don't know if he's been in a Hell in a Cell or not. I had to go back and look it up. But I, I know he's been in some Elimination Chamber matches, I think. Um, I don't know. All that stuff kind of runs together. I don't remember oh, him. He went against. Uh, <laughs> he lost, but he went against uh, Undertaker in Hell in a Cell match. Eh, well, there you go. <laughs> like I said, I don't remember him ever winning one. <laughs> I gotta watch that match if that's the case. I think right. I know what that 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 was when um, he was SmackDown champion, right? I'm not sure. I'm trying to find out what uh, pay per view. Oh, it was SummerSlam, uh, 2008. Yeah, so rated R Superstar versus Taker for the title, probably in the Hell in a Cell. That makes sense. It's been a while. It's been a while. I need. I need to watch that. I really do. Um, <laughs> anyways. So let's keep on going. I that one could steal the show. Oh God! Hey Chris, who's gonna win? We got a no holds uh, barbed match, and we have uh, Mister. I'm gonna murder you uh, for what you did to my son, Bill Goldberg against Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley's telling him, "Bring Gabe or Gage, bring him, motherfucker. Uh, I'll do it on purpose this time." Uh, <laughs> Why did they dial this? it back? Why did they dial it back? They should have never dialed it back. It should have been like Bobby Lashley is Captain Fuck Your Kids. <laughs> he doesn't care. Well, he's saying he's saying he's saying he'll fuck him up this time if he interferes, regardless if he's a kid or not. But, but Colbert's <laughs> saying regardless, he's gonna murder him. Uh, what do you think? Fuck. Do, you, do you think they just have Goldberg in like Lashley really quick, and they do some kind of segment with him and Big E? If they don't do something like that to approach a biggie Goldberg match for the future, Goldberg's got to go down to Bobby Lashley. Um, that's the only way I could see it. If Goldberg wins, it's got to be to project a biggie Goldberg match. If he doesn't win, the, they might go into it in the future. But Bobby Lashley should win this by and large. Oh, I can't. He punked Goldberg. 
he fucking destroyed him and then choked out or whatever. Full Nelson his kid for Christ's sakes. That was on accident. <laughs> that was on accident. <laughs> yeah, but I, the I hurt mean, business is there now. So we have MVP Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, all backing up Bobby Lashley as well in a no holds barred match. Goldberg has his son. <laughs> he also has Big E. Like I think maybe that's where that will go. Like uh, the hurt business is getting involved and Big E comes out, slams some motherfuckers. And it sets up a respect match between him and Goldberg, which I mean, if that happens, good for Biggie because that he said that was his dream match. So, yep. Well, Biggie's got his his uh, you know, he's got some big things for himself. Singles match, WWE champion, and they're not. Drew's going, so obviously it kind of paints itself where it's going to be. But they're doing baby face versus baby face. Uh, Drew McIntyre doesn't seem like he's turning a heel or anything like that. But Big E versus Drew McIntyre should be a good match. Big E should retain that. Yeah, and he should retain it clean. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Drew. I, I like Drew, but uh, yeah, that's Big E. Going to hit him with a big ending, clean in the middle of the ring, get the pin. That, that would, Man, just... Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was like, that's my prediction on that one. That's all I was going to (laughs) say. No, you're good. I was going to say, man, watching the reaction in favor of Adam Page compared to Moxley and also seeing, obviously, this with Drew uh, compared to Big E or whoever, I just, I really, I kind of feel for, like I said, John Moxley and Drew McIntyre because they had the championship in a time period where there was no fucking audience, really. So it just sucks kind of for both of them that they're kind of not as mu- They're in the picture, but not really. It's like, well, you had it. There you go. But it was during a time where there was no one there to cheer them. Well, I mean, the original, the beginning of Moxley's run, it was full crowds. Like when he attacked yeah. Kenny Omega and, and threw him through the glass table, which was awesome. Uh I just I forgot Hang, about that. Yeah, like Hangman is just super fucking over and has been gone for a while. So he comes back with that Triple H babyface type deal, like Triple H at Rumble, which I've talked about a, a bazillion times. Um, so, you know, people still love Moxley. They just not don't necessarily love him as much as Adam Page right now. Well, if we approach this to Drew, people want fucking Big E to destroy Drew McIntyre, I'm assuming. Yes, <laughs> yes, but I, I think they're different, different situations. I don't know that Drew has ever been that over. Yeah, and but, we'll never uh, really be able to tell, really. I mean, outside of the NXT crowd, I, I've ne- as we've talked about, I think he's gotten a lot better in the ring and uh, has had some good matches, but I've never been a huge Drew fan to begin mm-hmm. with. Uh, he started getting that one, two, three kick thing over, and then obviously COVID happened, which didn't help him. Um, but like Biggie's on a different stratosphere <laughs> than uh, Drew. Absolutely. Uh, all right, next match: RK Bro, Randy Orton, Riddle versus AJ Styles and Almas for the millionth time for the WWE Raw Tag Teams Championships. I mean, RK Bro is going to win this. 
I think AJ and Almas need to probably split up at this point. To me. Yeah, I mean, and this is a good title change, right? So, I mean, like, not send the crowd home. Well, happy, RK but... Bro has it. Oh, yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, you're right. For whatever reason, I always see AJ with the fucking title. Okay, so, yeah. They beat, they beat them at uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, RK Bro retains, I guess. And uh, I don't know. Do some do stupid. You... Do you pull the trigger on Randy Orton? I mean, this is the thing. If you want RKO or RK Bro to lose, it's like, do you want to pull the trigger on possibly AJ Styles and almost having problems or Randy Orton and Riddle? Because both of them are destined. Yeah, you're going to have to do both at some point because they're going to want them to be individual headed into Rumble, I would think. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have a good answer for that one. I would probably do the AJ almost thing first, but that's, that's what I think I mean, is going to happen. Yeah, RK Bro is one of the most over things they have on their show. Yep. All right, so Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. Becky is the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. This will be a th- triple threat, basically no uh, no DQ style match between the three ladies. Uh, this could be really, really good. It makes a lot of sense. If if I'm right about this, and let me let me just check to make sure that Sasha wins it, and I'll tell you why. Because Charlotte can for an opposite concept. Uh, later on, since she's still on the brand, but yeah, so Sasha, if she wins it, she'll be the she's actually on SmackDown compared to Bianca and Becky, who are on Raw. So she wins it, she brings the championship back home to SmackDown, and we just got to figure out a way in the time being before no, I well shit. So something's gonna happen before Crown Jewel for for Charlotte to lose towards a Raw superstar. Uh to take it back. But yeah, I could see Sasha getting that belt just for them to switch over the titles unless they hand it to each other. And if that's the case, Becky wins this fucking match, I guess Bianca's not winning, unfortunately, but she's doing a great job. I think. Yeah. For my prediction on this one is Becky is winning and probably getting the victory over Bianca. Oh, that's going to sting, man. Not that I want her to pin Sasha, but that will sting. Yeah, because, I mean, Sasha just came back, so they don't want Sasha to take a strong loss here. And then the setup for this is going to be Sasha versus Charlotte, right? Like on SmackDown, that's their feud. Yep. I don't know. Like, you are right, but I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, let's get to the last match. Roman well, I mean, Reigns. they should... What, what they should do is have Sasha win and then do a title versus title match and unify the things and make the women's division stronger. But we both know, we've predicted this before, they're never going to do that. So, Oh, my God. If they had a floating champion that went from brand to brand and just had great matches with ladies on both, the whole division would be completely flourished. Same thing they should do with the tag belts, honestly. If you want to have the IC championship on one side and fucking the U.S. title... That's fine in the WWE versus the fucking Universal. I'd rather one champion no matter what. But if you want the split brands, at least have what you're doing with the women's tag championship. Since you have a small tag division, a small women's division, 
one champion that goes between, and she's the only one that can do that, or they're the only tag team that can do that. But I meant to ask this during the draft conversation, but where did Asuka get drafted? Asuka, since she's injured, she is uh, she's also a free agent. She'll be put on whatever. <laughs> they they mentioned her specifically. Apparently, I didn't know that she got over. She was getting over an injury. I think like a wrist injury or some shit. Oh, but yeah. that's why she's been off. So she's injured like Samoa Joe's injured? She's injured like, yeah, like Samoa Joe's. That's a good way of putting it. Probably. Uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Man, you can do a lot with Brock as the champion in SmackDown to really fucking ruffle some feathers. Roman's had it for over a year. But we're still going by Brock Lesnar, who does limited dates. So you're not going to see him every week. Um, on the shows, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Roman needs this win against Brock Lesnar. So I'm going to put Roman Reigns. But I don't know how I feel about it. I got Brock Lesnar winning this as a transitional champion. Because I feel like they're still going to try to build up uh, Roman and Rock. And Roman can't have the title if he's going against The Rock at WrestleMania. So I'm gonna And go me, me and you... Me and you definitely kind of disagree on that, but I see why you think that as well. Yeah. I mean, does it really matter? It's Roman and Brock. You get a good storyline with Paul Heyman. It doesn't really matter who holds the title necessarily. The storyline is more about Paul Heyman uh, between those two. But just Well, getting... I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Rock and Roman. They can't make it a championship match. I think they can and just fucking put it, keep it on Roman, but... That I mean, takes yeah, him being the Rock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's the that means that he's gonna have to beat the Rock at WrestleMania, and I don't know that I would necessarily go that way if I was bringing the Rock back in. And it's funny because I feel like, and I I don't want to put words in your mouth. Not saying the Rock wouldn't want to put Roman over. I I don't know if that in that situation WWE would want to put Roman over the Rock. Because I feel like Dwayne would be like, no, fuck that, I'm putting my cousin over, because that's how he is. But. That's why they probably take the title out of that situation so you don't have to worry about that regardless because if the title's on the line, The Rock should win, technically. But they don't have them after that. So, Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the biggest problem because you end up with almost the Cena thing with uh, The Rock, Yeah, right? It, you don't want to book yourself that way. Um, he literally has a small window of time for not making movies, and that's why every, everyone believes it's going to happen, that could have that but it's basically like literally right after wrestlemania he's got to go start making movies again he's not gonna be sticking around at all if it happens and that's why i think that roman's gonna if he doesn't drop the title to brock here it will be a little down the line or someone else but based on what they did with that smackdown draft it's kind of almost has to be brock um yeah i don't know it's an interesting one, and uh, no, you didn't put words in my mouth. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, it's it's just a weird situation because the buildup is Roman versus Rock, and I feel like you have to have Rock win there because it, it'll diminish the Rock. Like, next time you bring him back, it's like, oh, well, Roman beat his ass, so who cares kind of thing, you know? So it's uh, it's weird. And, you know, I mean, honestly, the retirement match for The Rock needs to be the fourth match, two out of three, to get a final winner uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that's that's the last match. We know that. What? (laughs) 
I told you I'm not going to do another fucking match unless Dwayne wants to call me. What? Ask me. Hey, Stone Cold. What? What's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> I can't what? listen <laughs> Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Cool it's never going to happen. Gucci shirts on. What? <laughs> Designer shirts on. What? Your top little boy jeans. <laughs> God, they just needed one more Mania match, two out of three, and we could have declared who was the winner between the two of them. Yeah. <sighs> it's too bad. Um, maybe I'm sad Austin, Well, you could have Austin run out and make the save against the butt line. Show up and give some people some stunners. If we wanted to do that at Mania, that'd probably be a That would be awesome. awesome. That'd be or, awesome. Have, or have Austin be a special guest referee. Or, here's an idea. We'll get Saudi Arabia to pay Rock and Austin whatever the fuck they can't turn down, and they'll have a match in Saudi Arabia against each other, finally. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Austin's not going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm not a big fan of deserts and shit. He doesn't like planes in general. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't ever see that one. That, I guess they could offer him a lot of money. I don't know that he would undertake her that one, though. He's probably not good. Did you see? Did you hear about CM Punk putting over Austin and slamming uh, Hulk Hogan a little bit recently? Well, I, I, he definitely shit on Hulk Hogan. I did hear this. He was like, Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit. He didn't say that Austin was more over, but he indirectly said Austin was more over <laughs> to him. He was basically that's what basically said. He goes, he goes, I don't think I'm on their level, but to be even considered, because they asked him the question, you know, you're Mount Rushmore. Do you think that you're up there and he's like no like you know he's kind of like he goes compared to hulk hogan who did this in the 80s and and i think personally to me that stone cold's a bigger star but who knows but th- yeah he just kind of blurred out the end like you know and goes by the way hulk hogan's a piece of shit <laughs> god damn i said god damn i mean uh like hogan's a big deal but i don't think he was to have that conversation, Austin is bigger to me than Hulk Hogan. It's, it's such a hard thing because you got to look at it. I mean, first of all, you got to still get put in perspective how Bruno held it down in the end of the 60s, all throughout the 70s in WWE, and how fucking, you know, someone like Cena did that in 2000s and afterwards. But when it comes down to the three, to me, Rock is the biggest celebrity to come from wrestling, but was he the biggest box office draw? No. Specifically for WWE, Austin made the most money, period. But Hulk Hogan blew up wrestling, regardless if I have problems in his in he mainstreamed it. And then you have someone like Flair that you can put up there too for different reasons, but which degree are you talking about? And I think that's the hardest question. Like who's the most famous guy to come from wrestling? You could probably say Rock, but Hogan and Austin are neck and neck. Who made most money for the WWE? I would pivot towards Austin. Who's the biggest wrestler of all time? Maybe collectively, Ric Flair. And then who actually made wrestling as popular as it is? Hulk Hogan. I don't know. And then you're not talking about Andre, Bruno, fucking Cena. Some of the biggest attractions of all time. So, Yeah, that and we're only talking about America, too. <laughs> yes. Yes, because then, then if, you, if, you, if you situation in Baba, if you situation in Anoki... Uh, Ricky Dozen, obviously, before them. I mean, uh, Fujinama, or... Wait, wait. Am I really having a fucking problem right this 
The one who made the dragon suplex. Tetsuji Fujinama? Yep. Am I right? No, you know, you got it. Okay, okay, <laughs> good. I thought I was, uh, you know, there are huge draws, period, anywhere. Uh, connected Mexico, obviously Conan was huge, Vampiro. Uh, then you go Mil Mascaris, and you go fucking before that, even with El Santo, and the original Blue Demon. I mean, there are huge names no matter what, but... It really comes back to, it seems to always come back to, when it comes to WWE, at least, specifically, Rock, Hogan, Austin. And, it's, and then there's Macho Man Randy Savage, too. But, I mean, to me, it's Austin. He saved WWE. He they saved the it. the most viewership they've ever had when he was at the top. And the they, merch he sold. The Whew. merch he sold. The, the fact they became a publicly traded company because of Stone Cold. Uh, I, I, Hogan was the the trendsetter maybe for being that guy, but like if, if you're looking at it unbiased, I, I mean it has to be Austin. It, it, it's just the question. It's the question though to go to the Hulk Hogan concept: Could any other person do have done what Hulk Hogan did with making it that popular and that mainstream? Obviously Vince was behind it, working with MTV and whatnot, but Hulk was their poster boy. If you give that to say Andre, Andre, who's deteriorating at that point, or or Ric Flair, you sign him, would they have been able to make that big of an impact as Hulk Hogan and popularize professional wrestling? Well, I mean, Macho Man was there. You just do that. Yeah, and that, that that that's the thing that pisses me off a little bit. It's like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. When people talk about this thing, don't get me wrong. Hogan was the most popular, and you can for concept of, of, of comparing it's hard between the rock and stone cold but right on the cusp of hogan no matter what you're gonna have macho man randy savage you're gonna have andre the giant and you're gonna have rowdy rowdy piper they're very close if not as popular as hogan was during that era to me at least i, I agree with you and uh, i mean they all helped hogan be that popular yes all them and warrior to an extent as well at the at the turn of the 90s he was hugely popular and who do you work with he worked with hulk hogan so the other but three I mean, guys put him over but as far as someone i would compare to hogan we kind of talked about him a little bit earlier when going over the uh the dark side of the ring onita yes like he is another huge name i mean he built a company on his back basically <laughs> like has both the booker and the biggest baby face they had. So I, he's actually should be considered if you're only going on how you build a company, like he should be considered like one of the biggest stars, I guess. Well, you know what I think is crazy is that and I was thinking about this. Take Fujinami and a, and a bunch of other guys aside for whatever their technical work or whatever. In the U.S., there are always big stars coming from a promoter. But some of the biggest Japanese stars all headed their own promotion. I mean, you look at Big Japan, which was before All Japan and New Japan, Ricky Dozen, that was his, you know, Japanese wrestling organization where Anoki and Baba came from. And then they split up and make All Japan and New Japan. Later on, Ultimo Dragon, arguably one of the biggest workers, you know, um, he made, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Dragon, uh, Dragon Gate Wrestling. Uh, Onita made FMW, fucking uh, Misawa made uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, you know, so the the promoters were all ex-wrestlers that were some of the biggest wrestlers of their time, essentially is what I'm saying. <laughs> I love that we're digging into this way harder than CM Punk was. He was just what like, are we talking about? 
What, what were we talking about? <laughs> the CM Punk quote. Where he... Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I just it, love talking to, about wrestling. <laughs> it's it's my history it lesson for everyone. <laughs> to sum it up, Hogan's a piece of shit. That's <laughs> Yeah, Hulk Hogan That's... is a piece of shit. Sorry, guys. I hope you got some historical stuff out of that. Now, I had a couple too uh, many noon beers, but we do need to move on uh, and talk about some of the highlights of Ron SmackDown. Uh, I, mean, I, but, I mean, I'm good with just talking about Anoki and Baba for the next hour if you, if you want to. Some people are like, what the fuck is a Ricky Dozen? What the fuck is that? Uh, so uh, let's talk about Raw. And uh, this we already talked about, you know, obviously uh the the uh draft itself so we're not going to go over that but um let's talk a little bit about the matches it's going to be a little bit quicker since we went over a lot of this information but i want to talk about specific things including this first match jamie and priest jeff hardy they had an awesome match for the u.s title we have seen this match before but this is obviously jeff's going to win that title and go over to the next platform or whatever no 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 that's right i think or is Jeff going to... Is Jeff staying on? This is the fucking thing about the damn... Uh, doesn't matter for the sake of this. At the end of it was what I liked, and I actually messaged you about this, Chris. Austin Theory comes out, and he's all like fanboy. You know, even after Jeff loses to Damian Priest, they had like a nice ending. They shook hands and whatnot after having a really good match. Austin Theory wants some pictures with him, and he's... He's excited, you know, he's like, he's like, he gets the mic, he cuts a, actually, not a promo, but a de- he was decent on the mic. Ever since, I will say, ever since he was with Johnny Gargano and their family thing, he loosened up a bit with speaking, and I think he's gotten better with that. And he's all like, you know, you were one of my biggest idols, blah, 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 and, you know, he goes to do a selfie picture with Jeff Hardy out there, and then he just starts beating the shit out of him. And even at one point after he knocks him on the ground, Jeff's like just completely out of it. He gets on the ground and puts his arm around him and takes the selfie and just runs out of there. Um, good job. Uh, don't fuck it up. You probably will, but you're starting Austin Theory off as a really good heel, I think, on Raw if you go with this. And, you know, uh, one of the guys that I kind of see in, in, in him is a young Randy Orton and that type of cockiness. So I kind of, I'm, I'm glad I know that that is one of his biggest influences, but I'm glad he's kind of embracing that cocky piece of shit. And I hope him and Jeff Hardy have some awesome matches. Chris, uh, what do you think? I, I think him and Jeff will have really great matches and uh surprise, surprise. Austin Theory's great. <laughs> when, when, when did we make this prediction like four years ago of him being a big deal? Right. How long have we been doing this show, Dane? Uh, yeah, no, this was amazing. I think, I think we've all- been doing it for a long time, man. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we've always put over Austin Theory. I mean, he's from, we're, we're a little biased, and I've seen him back when he was fucking not even WWE, like climbing and, 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 and evolve currently while still doing stuff with the Georgia promotion he's from. And uh, he's incredible. Incredible wrestler. Yeah, so it, I mean... If they're going to continue on him just beating down his heroes, could he be the legend killer that kills the legend killer? Do you want to do that storyline? That would be great. I would I would hope if there is a guy, and obviously, yeah, take out Jeff Hardy and, and build this, 
if besides Matt Riddle, I could see Randy Orton wanting to work and groom Austin Theory. So that would be awesome. Yeah, could you imagine the shock and awe if Austin Theory punts Randy Orton? Right? It, it would be crazy. But I don't Dude, know that they're nuts. going with that, but uh, that's where I would go with it, especially oh, since you're putting him in this Here's the situation. thing. So I forgot, until after uh, Crown Jewel, stuff goes into effect. So Jeff and him are probably going to have a series of matches because Jeff is on SmackDown now. So... I'm assuming they're going to do stuff leading up to that and then flip it, but have Austin Theory beat Jeff Hardy. I'm okay with this fucking one than him running around for the goddamn 24-7 title to help out this guy build himself. But yeah, if you can get whatever interaction with Randy Orton and Austin Theory in the future, now that they're both on Raw, I'm down. Completely down. And AJ, for that matter. I want to see fucking Austin Theory and AJ Styles. Very similar, one of his other idols. Can you imagine that, Chris? Two of the guys that you looked up to when you were younger, and now you're on the same fucking show as both of them. Paul, I mean, that's like AJ and The Undertaker, right? It, that has yeah. to be crazy. I mean, that's like a different level of... I can't imagine what that's like to work with someone you respect that much. It, it's it's crazy. But th- that's what beginning. I was getting at with, with, with Theory. Because so many of these people are still there you could make him kind of his own legend killer and uh, yeah. build, build up to him versus Randy. Like if he, if like say he kills AJ, he punts, he punts AJ, he punts Randy. That's, that would be a really great storyline for Austin theory. Um, and, and yeah. he'll get some great matches out of it. Cause he's also really good in the ring. So him versus Randy or him versus AJ seems like a good time. Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. And like I said, there's a whole swarm of awesome talent now on Raw when it comes to in-ring uh, work. Him versus Rey Mysterio. Him versus Seth Rollins. Him versus Edge. This could be a really good time for Austin Theory. And I think that he kind of entered the main roster during the pandemic days as an afterthought in Selena's little group. But now you have him by himself after he went back to NXT, got better on the mic. And now he has all the tools in his arsenal to kind of make an impact right now with some of the biggest workers and wrestlers in the industry. One of the biggest questions is what does this mean for NXT and uh, what are they going to do with Gargano? I don't know. Well, his contract is up soon. I don't know. Um, it's yeah. weird with him because you would think that Gargano would re-sign because obviously Candice is there, but I don't know. Has he done everything he can and should he just try go back to ring of honor, you know, impact AEW? I don't know. Yeah. It, they're slowly breaking up his little family is the only reason I even brought it up. That's a good point. I didn't think of that because now they have, yeah. Wow, Candace is out because she's pregnant. Um, Indy obviously is now in a tag team, and she's with Dexter. And then, yeah, now Austin Theory's on the main roster, so it kind of seems like they're uh, they're writing him off almost. Because I, what the fuck's he done for NXT since the wedding? Has he been on the last couple weeks? 
not that not that I can recall. Which I mean, that that makes sense with the, if they're if you're gonna do that with the draft and and shit. But like, I mean, I guess you can do him versus Champa again, maybe. I think we'll see them as a tag team showing up in somewhere else uh, in the future. That's my uh, that's my guess. I don't know when the fuck it's gonna be, but I could see that happening. That would be great. I mean, WWE needs tag teams, but they also don't care about tag team wrestling. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't know to be excited about that or not excited about that. It's a good point. And I'm not all uh, just considering uh, WWE as an option. <laughs> so I will throw that out there because I agree with you. Uh, but all right, let's, let's, let's move on. Shayna Baszler murdered Dana Brooke after the match. Dewdrop came out, got in her face. We kind of talked about that. That seems to be feeding into the next round after Shayna beats Dana, which should not be hard. And if Dewdrop beats Natalia. So I think that's what it's. Do you think there's anything else besides that, Chris? Not that I can think of right off hand, man. I think you pretty much hit the yeah. nail on the head on that one. Yep. Uh, we had a match where Mansoor and Masafa Ali lost to Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo for like the second time in a row. This, compared to the last two weeks, is, was not that good of a Raw. Um, I like the setup. I like the stuff between, uh, they called him Big D like a fucking million times, but Drew McIntyre and Big E, I like their interaction. Um, and then Bo- Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode came out. And Dolph, I, I kind of like the connection they made because Dolph was there at the beginning of both of their careers and kind of calling them out, but also just being the stupid heel like, you didn't fucking do shit for them. Like you were using them to, as a heavy for you, but I liked how that led to a match. Obviously Biggie and Dolph Ziggler or obviously Biggie and fucking drew McIntyre won. Uh, what'd you think about this match, Chris? Or did you even watch it? How much of Raw did you watch? If you didn't watch any of it, I don't have to do all of this. Um, I only watched the highlights, so I saw part of this match, and uh, for the most part, it's uh, Dolph Ziggler being Dolph Ziggler and bumping all over the place. It was fine. He's like a pinball. <laughs> uh, I don't I, care I, about I, Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley beating Tamina and fucking Natalia because they split them up afterwards anyway, so obviously that's done. And Goldberg and Bobby Lashley, we already talked about. Uh, they're back and forth, and at the end of it, uh, Goldberg fucking speared uh, and was about to jackhammer Lashley when Cedric Alexander and uh, Benjamin tried to attack. And then, you know, Lashley retreated. They got their ass kicked. Uh, anything from that, Chris? I mean, outside of before Bobby Lashley's theme song, he should just say, fuck yo kids. And then the theme hits. <laughs> F yo kids. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know it's it's weird that they threw them back together with the hurt business but i'm glad the hurt business is back it's uh they, i don't know they had a good the match with uh, up. they had a good match with xavier and woods too uh you know afterwards street profits would come out they're the now the monday night raw guys soon after crown jewel while new day will be making their uh, jump to the other one, and they plug the Undertaker thing on Netflix. I can't find that, Chris. And I was on Netflix a lot this week. I have not looked for it. 
we are going to have to play that game together and then review it at some point. It's it's we like have to old school D and D. Go to this page to find out what happens to you, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that what a weird thing that is, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Michelle McCool is dead in a morgue at one point in the the preview. <laughs> it looks wild. Let's just say that. So I don't know if you've heard this one before, but two ladies out of these four ladies, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte had a match. This one being Belair and Flair, and it got a DQ because involvement of the other two ladies. This is actually a really good match, too, at first between Charlotte and Bianca Belair. I'd like to see them have some stuff in the future. But that was about it. That was all the highlights, I would say, of Raw. Any last things before we go? I mean, unfortunately, they're on different brands, though, right? Flair and Bianca. Yeah, now that now that you mention it, you're right. I mean, because that's a matchup I've wanted to see for a while. Because I think Charlotte Flair and Bianca working together would be like a really great match. They're both powerhouses, man. Yeah, it'd, it'd be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that sucks. It was a good match. It's a DQ finish, but it's raw. So, what are you gonna do? Well, Bianca. Belair was not done with that, Chris. Because last night on SmackDown, there's a lot of shit talking for this contract signing between Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch. And uh, Sasha was on the announce table talking. This made the two heels look like fucking idiots, by the way. Because she's on the announce table talking, talking shit to Bianca, who's in the actual ring with the table. And Becky is on the ramp with the table of her own. For the signing of the contract. The signing of the contract never happened. And Bianca basically uh, got the better of Becky and then laid out uh, Sasha Banks uh, just basically back to back. But Sasha or Bianca looked awesome in all of this. And I think they're only doing this because they're about to beat her in Saudi Arabia. So I wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be weird to me to see Bianca making some um some climbs uh, and being more aggressive since people have been complaining about that partially with her still being so giddy giddy uh, after getting Becky, you know, getting screwed by Becky. But she looked aggressive. I like this. But like I said, I, I still feel like she's going to lose uh, out of these three ladies in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. But I, it's not the move I would make if it was my wrestling company. But I think you're spot on for what's going to happen. Why, thank you. All right, we already talked about it. It was a really good match with Sami Zayn, Rey Mysterio. Sami went over, got in Dominic's head. I mean, that was like the biggest thing from this, especially Dominic was out, you know, in the back, and Sami, before he came out to go against Rey, kind of just, you know, talked to Dominic and was like, I think you should be at the ring to support your dad, you know, blah, blah, blah. Get in his head. He did that. That had to do with the ending, but... I mean, my fucking God, Chris, Rey Mysterio Jr. doing the Hurricane Runners to the outside, you know, just all the fucking crazy shit that he was doing in this match. Still a master at the craft when it comes to high flying and just aerial Lucha Libre based offense. We've said this before, or I've said this before on this podcast. Rey Mysterio Jr. is one of the best pure baby faces this world will ever see. Um, and he looked great here. It was it was good to see him in full on Rey Mysterio Jr. mode. 
it was great. And uh, it, it it's easy to forget how fucking good he is just because he's been around for so long. But like, man, I can't imagine a world without Rey Mysterio Jr. I don't know, man. One of the most influential wrestlers towards modern style of all time. And just, I mean, he never gets old. <laughs> it's his 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 movement, uh, just his style in the ring. I mean, ridiculous. And he got so much better as a promo guy, too. Like, if you, if you go back like a year ago when he was uh, cutting those really great babyface promos, it's, it's, he's just... Oh, man. Rey Mysterio Jr. is a legend. Uh, if you're a short guy like me, you will we'll always love and have a special respect for Rey Mysterio. <laughs> also, uh, remember when he was doing those pull-ups backstage and the fucking shelf just broke? That was pretty awesome. It's pretty funny. Check that out if you're listening and have never seen that. Yeah. Rey is a badass. Um, probably the best high flyer of all time to me. That's my personal opinion. I don't know if I'd say he's the best high flyer of all time, but he is definitely the best Lucha Libre to transition to America. Because, like, best high flyer, that's, like, Hayabusa's up there, right? Yeah, Jushin Liger, Hayabusa, um, Jeff Hardy, even. Well, yeah, well, not as skilled. Does Jeff actually high flyer? Does he just fall off tall things? (laughs) He doesn't. Yeah, he's not a high flyer. He just jumps and falls a lot in a certain way. He's really good Uh, at it, though. Not just I love Jeff. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm I'm right with you, though. That's funny. (laughs) All right. So then we had Tony Storm, Zelina Vega and Zelina Vega look good in this match and they pin Tony Storm. Yeah, the fans are already super pissed about this Tony Storm stuff. I don't know if they're trying to give her a Daniel Bryan push or something, but like, ugh. Has she won a match? She's lost every match she's been in, right, so far? Maybe her first one she won, but I actually don't even know that for sure. (laughs) Hey, I feel bad for you, Tony Storm. So Bloodline come out like badasses. They're all fucking stacked up in the ring, just talking a bunch of shit. And, uh, you know, the head of the table defended that Heyman tell the Beast Incarnate that he would lose. Heyman did just that, clearly telling Lesnar that he would fail in his challenge for the WWE Universal Championship. But there's a lot of back and forth between Roman Reigns and Heyman. Question, Chris, is Heyman going to show up in Brock's corner in Saudi Arabia? I don't think he's going to show up there, but he might end there, (laughs) if that makes sense. Oh, so like if Brock's getting the better of Roman in the match, he's just going to slowly go back over there? Yeah, that would be fucking great. Creep over and start cheering for Brock mid-match or something. Um, But no, I don't think If they do that... Holy shit, if they were to do that and Roman actually ends up winning, oh, wow, that's compelling shit. Because now he's done. He's fucking done with Roman. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's, like I said, it's the most interesting storyline that they have. It may be the most interesting storyline in wrestling right now, if I'm being completely honest. I think so. Like, the newest one that I like probably just as much just came back, and that was 
Hangman Page taking the title off of Kenny, but I, this is definitely on a different level than even that. So, I mean, that's Okada the only thing versus, that scratches the surface. Okada versus Jeff Cobb, both of them being undefeated, that one's up there too. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, all right, so we, like I said, Liv Morgan lost to Carmella. Thought this was a big mi- mistake. Carmella can get a loss, not be fucking advancing. She's not going to win the goddamn thing. Sorry, a past champion. I just, ugh, whatever. Boo. I, I don't have, we already yelled about this. I have nothing to add. Yep. Um, then we had Cesaro and Finn Balor. Awesome match. Finn Balor went over. We already talked about this. Yep. All right. Edge uh, challenges Seth Rollins. Great fired up promo. I'm just going to say it, man. Uh, Seth Rollins is probably like the worst home invader ever in the history of wrestling. He literally went in, drank orange juice, and chilled and lounged on a chair. Like, what the fuck was that? But I love this back and forth between, uh, you know, the drip god and the R-rated superstar, if you will. Uh, Seth coming out and, you know, just Edge is pissed. Um, you know, and he just, he, he comes off very angry, Chris. He does that really well. Is, was that the Vikings influence? I'm assuming. I, I guess so. I don't know. It definitely wasn't the other show he, he was on, on sci-fi. Uh, what was that show called? Uh, God, I can't think of it. Anyways, so uh, something with an H. Uh, but anyways, um, did you see Seth Rollins' Twitter post after this angle? No, what did he say? So, you know, Edge did this back in the day, like broke into a house and they were like hearkening back to that. And Edge is like, Edge breaks into a house, everyone cheers for him. I break into the house and just eat an apple, everybody gets mad. It's really. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good thing. I, it just, it's hard now, man, because I mean, the best one's always going to be Pillman in Austin. And I think Orton and Triple H did it better, but it was more stuff before that. Like, even Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, home invasion shit just is lame. And this was probably the lamest. Yo, shout out to WCW with David Flair living in an abandoned house being crazy. Also, shout out to Daphne uh, as far as weird home invasion things go. I forgot that one. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, it's always going to be the Austin angle, right? I mean, but that was more soap opera than anything else. I mean, I wouldn't even consider that wrestling. So my, my go-to would be, like you said, Austin or um, Hunter and, and uh, Orton. That's probably the best, best use case. Did they wrestle in a fucking kiddie pool at one point? <laughs> they did. <laughs> so good. But uh, yeah, Seth on Twitter was really funny after this. I had forgotten that Edge had done this previously as a babyface. Um, so it was good that they made that call back on it, or at least he made that call back on Twitter. All right, man, we're into the realms of WWE, or out of WWE, after all that stuff, going into AEW. We'll start off with Dynamite. Uh, where were they this week? Uh, were they in Philly? 
Yes, yeah, they were. They were in Philly because uh, CM Punk cuts that promo about living in Philly, which I'm assuming is he's talking about when he was working with Ring of Honor. Right. Yeah, that's what I would assume, too. Yep. Yeah. Well, it started off with a good match, man. The Elite against Jurassic Express, Brian Danielson and Christian Cage. I mean, this is definitely a spot fest match, but this was top tier because of the people involved. Um. I mean, on one side, you have Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. On the other side, you have Brian Danielson and Christian Cage. And uh, whatchamacallit, uh, they were great, but Jungle Boy was awesome, as always. I really kind of hope they extend stuff with him and Adam Cole uh, for their interactions again in this. But Luchasaurus was fucking over, man. I don't know if you noticed that, Chris, but as soon as he got in the ring, man, he stole the place. And he's next to fucking Omega. And Brian and Cage, like, and and Cole, and they went crazy for Luchasaurus. This is the best he's looked in a match in a long time. And uh, I don't know if that was just the crowd vibe or whatever, but he turned that thing up to, like, 11. Do you Um, think show kind of, like, was like, you know, all right, dude, do giant stuff that just looks makes you look like a monster. And since you can do it and your name's Luchasaurus, kind of throw in... The Lucha Libre, just limited, but make it more of an impact. Like, because now he's he's strong strikes, the kicks, the punches, choke slams, but then he throws in some of the more faster paced shit, and I feel like it even looks more impressive now. I it it doesn't hurt that he had like some of the best bumpers in the business <laughs> in the ring with him because yeah. Kenny t- yeah. takes like that weird choke. It's not even a choke slam, but he just grabbed Kenny by the throat. Kenny looked like he was dying. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> then they did that four corner spot where he ran wild and hit all of them in the corners and did. I appreciate that he had a different move. He didn't just splash all four guys like he did. He had a different move for each corner. Like I said, that's the best I've seen Luchasaurus in a long time. And and I was super high on him um, on the first. I guess it was the very first AEW Dynamite show. I was like, man, they need to do something with this guy. But um, not going to lie over the you know past two years or so he's kind of ebbs and flows with him but he looked like a million bucks here for sure and the crowd was definitely behind him you know i i wonder uh regarding luchasaurus and i think it's the most we've ever talked about him but probably not but um regarding the fact that i listen to x-pac uh in his podcast pretty much weekly and he's he's uh come on and and jungle boy and, and luchasaurus and together actually have all been in interviews with them and they just talk about how a lot of their stuff, actually, when they first were a tag team, they really studied Kane and X-Pac when they were a tag team. And then also Daniel Bryan and Kane to kind of correspond to that. But that was the one that both that at least Luchasaurus, I would assume, would have remembered from being younger. Um, cause Luchasaurus, a huge Kane fan between obviously he's known and he was just at in WWE for uh, the Tennessee show that they did. Uh, but. You know, the fact that he's good friends with, with Big Show and he's good friends with X-Pac, do you think that maybe uh, they were like, hey, Glenn, you need to meet this dude and kind of talk to him or something? Or am I, am I uh, just crazy? Put I some mean, knowledge I, in him. Hey, I hope so. I, I, don't, I, I don't know that that happened, but I hope so. It, it, like I said, it helps a lot when you're um, wrestling the team that was standing across the ring with the elite so I, I, 
I want to see the Luchasaurus next step where he's going against some like geeks. <laughs> see if I feel the same way. I wonder if they should like break things up, man. Jungle Boy be a baby face and Luchasaurus be a heel. Like a monster heel. Yeah, like if he stops being a vegetarian dinosaur and starts eating meat. Because that's like part of his character is he has the green tongue. He's like a, I can't think of what the dinosaur term is, but a, basically a plant eater. Herbivore. There you go. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, it's crazy to think that he's been with Jungle Boy since Jungle Boy was like 14. That's nuts. As a team. So it, it's it's really, it was really cool to see them click. And uh, I mean, the other spot in this was the indie taker they put on Christian. And uh, I can't remember which Jackson was, but he caught his foot on the rope. Uh, it was smart enough not to just drive forward on poor Christian. I was like, oh, my God, that could have went way worse than it did. Yeah. One thing I have to say is I, I really wish that, look, if you have like a shitload of botches in a row or something really that bad, bitch about it all you want, but. I don't know why everyone made that big of a deal. Like, this match was really fucking good. For a spot-based match where it's boom, 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 you have some of the best in the business. Daniel Bryan looked fucking awesome in this. Kenny Omega looked great. Adam Cole, everyone looked great. But they fucked up the damn powerbomb spot. Luchasaurus is huge. Kenny fell on his ass, and they improvised and got through it, no problem. I I really don't understand why people have to zone in on, on stupid shit and make it like that's everything that happened. I mean, if if you're paying that close of attention to the match, uh, keep in mind that Kenny is working with a fucking torn labrum for the past seven months, and Luchasaurus is a big-ass dude. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, in, in every time that Kenny has fucked up, which doesn't happen that often, considering how many fucking matches he has and how long he works every time he's in a match, uh, he does a great job of making it like, ha-ha, I'm a goof. Uh, which he did off that powerbomb spot. I thought it was actually kind of funny. Like, it plays into kind of his crazy, weird character. Because, um, like, he hits that... He falls back on that powerbomb, which still lands clean. It just looked kind of shitty. But the face he made afterwards was, like, worth a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good match, man, to open up. Obviously, we had the... Uh... We had the elite go over. What did you think about this match? I loved it. And I like the quadruple uh, V trigger on Brian. Oh, it looks gnarly. I was like, man, that's great. That's such a great heel ass thing to do. Uh, so I was a big fan of that, especially because of Brian's history with uh, head and neck injuries and then just immediately targeting that. It plays into Wait, that. Wait, didn't. I thought they took him out with a super, a triple super kick and did it to Jungle Boy for the win at the end. Was it Jungle Boy? Okay, maybe it was Jungle Boy. But there was a lot of stuff at the spot. You're probably right. That might have been Jungle Boy then. They got clapped at the well, end. Well, dude, the American Dragon took so many bumps where I'm like, God damn it, Daniel Bryan. Like, ugh. concussions. Your neck's fucked up. Like, <laughs> He's like, I don't care, full Sid. <laughs> he was in the match more than anyone else on his team, too. Dude, Cage... <laughs> Keach took a fucking uh, a, a double the uh, what you call the indie taker on the outside for, or on the ramp, for Christ's sakes, like both of those guys are crazy. That was the that was the scariest. That was what I was talking about earlier 
um, because one of the Jacksons, when he he did the flip spot, his foot kind of hit the rope weird. And uh, he was at least smart enough to not spike him because he came down kind of awkwardly. So if he put all his full weight on that, whew, that would have been brutal. But, the, I mean, the Jacksons are great, so. Yeah. that To me, that was the scariest botch, in quotations, of the match uh, because that could have went sideways real fucking quick. No, I agree for sure. Um, all right, so CM Punk came out. You know, for his his tour of of being happy to be there, um, but jumped in the crowd, came in, said he'd never be uh, tired of the crowd cheering for him. He talks about his new Jordans, uh, and then talking about how he got started. Like you said in Philadelphia, he said he's glad to be a part of the community again. He threw out a challenge to Danny Garcia because he's not, you know, he doesn't forget that he jumped his ass not too long ago. And that will be uh, for next week. It's good for Dino Garcia to get all these fucking huge matches. Uh, we'll talk about that match in a little while for Rampage. Uh, but um, also, you know, just uh, gave his shoes to a kid that was dressed up like Orange Cassidy. So had those awesome Jordans and gave them away, Chris. Were you mad at CM Punk more mad than you've ever been as him as a heel uh, in the history of him? No, not at all. I like I like they're building this because I assume that he's going to be giving one of these rah rah I'm glad to be here speeches and the lights are going to go out and come back on and Malachi Black is just going to roundhouse kick his ass because I hope so because that's what I would do um, it has to be building to something but uh, yeah I don't know it's a good punk promo Shivani selling those Jordans as being thousand dollar shoes was hilarious because you can definitely get those way cheaper than that. And they did that with uh, the young the young bucks, and they had the the white and blue J ones with the like basically just a bunch of uh, taped on uh, poster pins. Remember, <laughs> like they yeah. those are ten thousand dollars shoes. I was like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> they're really not. Um, but it was cool to <sighs> see Punk have that little moment. He did a stage dive again, and people actually caught him, so that was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good punk promo. I'm getting tired of it, but I think that's. I, I think that's supposed be part, to be. I think that's part of the story. Is so is someone else, and and my assumption is eventually is going to be Malachi Black roundhouse kicking this. Yeah, punk, mine is either punk's head Malachi off. Black, either Malachi Black or MJF for me. One of them's going to interrupt him and cause it to go to a different degree of aggressive CM Punk. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, all right, so on the next episode of uh, Home Invaders, this one with Arn Anderson, Jesus Christ. All right, <laughs> oh so. God. Dude, this uh, might be my favorite Arn Anderson of all time, where he's running around talking about how he's going to shoot people with his Glock and then starting a trash fire in your backyard. So, Arn, <laughs> we don't know where the fuck he is. I don't watch the goddamn reality TV show, so I don't know it's fucking Cody's house. All I know is Arn's crazy ass is in the fucking pack burning shit in a goddamn trash can. <laughs> so Cody comes out and he's like, Arn, what the hell are you doing? Like, he's like, oh, just burning one of your shirts. Like, he's burning a fucking, I think they said it was like an Armani suit or whatever. So he's like, oh, great. So you broke. And Cody's being casual about this. Great. So you broke into my house and now you're causing a fire in the, in the yard. Like, oh, 
shaking his head, coming downstairs, trying to take care of his crazy ass grandpa. And Arn basically, you know, he's giving him a pep talk and he's like, all you care about is this. You all, all you care about is material style concepts. He tells him to burn his, uh, his, uh, whatchamacallit, his tie. Cody's like, I'm not going to burn my fucking tie. This is expensive. Slaps him in the face and puts a little fire under Cody's ass. So I don't know what the hell this is doing. I want heel Cody and Arn to become heel, but different and separate. I guess or together, that would be fine. But I don't want to see fired up Cody trying to be a baby face. To me, and I was so much praising Cody, so I feel crazy. It's not working anymore. Put him as a fucking heel. It's uh, it's not working with the crowd anymore either, though. Like yeah, the crowd's exactly. turned against him, and it, and a lot of it is he has become the Miz. He is the opposite yep. of what AEW diehard fans would want. He's got a reality TV show. He's got the talent show. He disappears from wrestling for long periods of time. Like he's the opposite of what AEW. He's a celebrity. The, yeah, he, he's kind of the opposite of what the diehard AEW fans or me and you originally when they were talking about this company, he has become the opposite. So he's kind of a perfect heel for it. If they're going to do a fired up baby face, they did a good job of setting it up. And and I'm assuming that this was Arn's idea, like strip away all the bullshit and just be a wrestler again. Um, and also Arn slapped the shit out of him. It was hilarious. One of those bear slaps, man. Hopefully they got that in one take. <laughs> because... God damn. If Arn had to slap you three times like that, you're dead. You're just dead. It was great. Crazy Arn is my new favorite Arn. <laughs> just talking about hitting people, shooting people with gats, starting trash fires in your yard. He's the best. <laughs> I love Arn Anderson so damn much. He's such a badass, man. I like as he gets older, he slowly is getting this like Terry Funk voice, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's very high pitched in the back of his throat for sure. Yeah. It was. What, do you think Brock was waiting for him in the car? His son <laughs> had to drive my crazy. He's playing. He's he's, he's 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 just like playing Snake on his fucking cell phone, waiting for his dad to come back. Yeah. <sighs> what are you gonna do? Oh man. <sighs> I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about Cody anymore. It's just kind of getting on. It's not as uh, exciting. Like, I mean, he's still great in the ring. It's just like him as a baby face. I think he killed it with the whole like Britain versus U.S. Um, have you watched the show at all, Chris? What do you think of it? Well, I had to watch the first 10 minutes of it to get to the Hangman Adam Page <laughs> interview. I'm going to say this, what I, I, I told, like, what, who's the guy from WWE that does their producing? <sighs> I forgot his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, why the hell? Look, I know it's supposed to be reality, but that doesn't mean you can't hold a fucking camera steady. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, I thought I was going to get seasick. Yeah. I, I know they're doing a lot of promoting and maybe... Them keeping, you know, uh, Cody as a baby face and this whole thing is going to get fired up, become the Cody that we love is because of the fucking reality show, but just kind of sick of everything around it. Uh, they were on an interview and they were getting questions from fans via Twitter. 
Did you hear what uh, Mr. Cody and Brandy said for their Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? Or I didn't read it on Twitter, wrestling. but I, I did hear the Jim Cornette tweet talking about it. So, uh, Cody. So he had The Rock, Dusty, Vince McMahon, and Tony Khan was his Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yep. And then Brandy had Medusa, uh, Miss Elizabeth, I can't remember, um, was it Mae Young? Yep, and Sherry Martell. And Sherry Martell. But look, I, what were we going to say? Sorry. No, I, I would say people like don't. That's a weird question to set up for someone on a Mount Rushmore because that could be your personal Mount Rushmore. It doesn't necessarily mean like these are the best people that's ever existed in wrestling. You know, that just could be your personal favorites or people that inspired you, et cetera. And that's how I took it. But uh, the internet did not take it that way, apparently. No, no, I don't. I don't think they did. And I get what he's saying. But he puts a lot of praise in Vince and Hunter, actually, as being people that he respects for the wrestling industry. And I don't know how he perceives the. That's another thing. What calling your Mount Rushmore? Are you basing it off of overall for the wrestling industry? Are you basing it off of biggest box office? Are you basing it like what the hell is your level of, of Mount Rushmore? So to him, being a businessman, being involved in this, him saying Vince McMahon, I can see that. His dad was a very well-known, not only professional wrestling legend, but Booker. Yeah, Dusty's probably going to be on there. His personal favorites. I know The Rock is up there with Sting when it comes to you know wrestlers that he loved. The Rock excelled and brought, and I love Sting, more than The Rock, but excelled and brought wrestling in a different level, like we already talked about previously in our history lesson breakdown, um, from becoming famous. So I could see that. Tony Khan, it's kind of like, we'll, we'll see going forward. Is that really your choice? But that's whatever. But I, I will say, and I'm not trying to be a dick, uh, <laughs> Brady's mostly with Miss Elizabeth. Like, I love Elizabeth, but great promo, like, like whatever were these the first four women that you knew that marks would know that you just came up with that's that's the only question i have but that's because i'm a pessimist and an asshole see i didn't take it that way i think it's like probably the first women that she saw in wrestling if she grew up watching wwf as a young kid and a fan that's i mean medusa miss elizabeth sherry martell those are three of the biggest right so like I said, the, the question was free. May Young? But May Young is a big part of WWE, WWF, and how they talked about her. You know, like, mm. I, I think a lot of that plays into it. I don't think she just, if she was just going to grab, like, four random women's names. I, I don't I'm not know why, biggest, but. I'm not the biggest Brandy fan in general, but I don't think, like I said, I think that the question wasn't posed properly. Because a uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestling, like you said, is it in-ring work? Is it a uh, box office draw? Is it uh, the person you care most about, the, the people that influenced you? Which, if, I mean, if those are the four that influenced her and that's her Mount Rushmore, it's kind of hard to give her shit about, you know? A lot of them make sense, too. I don't know. It's just hard for me to not think 
And it may, this is just me, but it's also a lot of wrestling fans just insincere when it comes to Brandy. But And I actually had to watch 10 minutes of that fucking show like you did and found out about, which she went into detail if you guys want to find out about her uh, non-existent relationship and despair with uh, Cody's sister, which the story she tells is really fucking awkward, but whatever. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I'm just making sure I got all the information from this guy. So, oh yeah, um, Samuel Guevara, Bobby Fish, pretty good open challenge for the TNT Championship um, from a new competitor at the time was not with AEW. Now has been signed. Also doing stuff over in MLW with the Opera Cup and whatnot. Mr. Bobby Fish really looked good. Uh, found out some information I actually didn't know. Uh, when, you know, uh, Jr. was going back with Excalibur during the match, and he said that the same uh, wrestling, my God, Harley Race, and just him with the school and just the, the people he had at that time, just, you know, having Nick Aldis, having Trevor Murdoch, having CM Punk, having Frankie Kazarian, having also Bobby Fish, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, partially being impacts in their lives as a coach, and someone that trained them partially. Uh, another guy I did not know was a part of that was Bobby Fish, and they kind of talked about that. And Fish used a lot of MMA-based stuff, a lot of stuff that he's known for, but it was a great match. Sammy Guevara went over, and Bobby Fish got signed. So I'm sure Adam Cole was really happy about that for his good friend, and uh, she just builds up to what I want in the future. I don't want anyone's job to end with any other company, but where Adam Cole eventually leaves the elite on a bad note and reforms whatever the fuck they want to call the undisputed era to go head on head with them. Um, but that's just wishful thinking for now. We've got two pieces in that puzzle at least. And big fan of Bobby Fish and Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion still in AEW, Chris. Yeah. What are they going to do with that title? Uh, maybe that's a different question. Uh, I like this match a lot. I really loved um, the fact that Bobby Fish came out to the Redragon theme from Ring of Honor. Yes. I thought, that was, thought that was pretty sick. This is a good match. I mean, but like, you know, Sammy Guevara versus Bobby Fish is just going to be a good match or just kind of any Bobby Fish match. is going to be a good match. Uh, it makes sense with Sammy going over here. He, I mean, he just won the belt. So uh, I, maybe wouldn't have made this Bobby Fish's first match if I was going to sign him, but you know, whatever it, it was cool to hear him come out to the, the, like I said, the redragon theme from ring of honor. I popped for that. Did I say, because I kind of read it knowing for the first time, because I was, I was talking about Andrade's match uh, with his tag team partner that we don't know going against Luch brothers for the triple eight uh, tag champion. Did I actually, am I remembering correctly, it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Bobby Fish next week? Am I going crazy? Because I don't have it in front of me anymore. I think you said that was a match scheduled for Rampage. Um, if that's true, man, that's going to be an awesome fucking match. I hope Dean Malenko is their agent for that, too. Yeah, I mean, if they open the show with that match and give them 20 minutes like they've done on a lot of Rampages uh, so far, that'll be... Uh, that definitely will be a pay-per-view caliber match for sure yep all right so we had interview a nice little sit down with jr and uh darby allen or did that happen next was it the match that actually happened okay so 
I'm going to go ahead and put this on Front Street. And it, anyone that watched this on cable with me, they're probably aware that this show was very, very rushed through commercials. So this next section of the show you're talking about just all runs together, including the Darby Allen match. And it was because of the way the timing was handled with the commercial breaks and picture in picture. So it became a giant fucking clusterfuck for me, kind of through this mid middle section, probably till the main event. Yeah, I agree. But let me ask you, am I going crazy? Did the JR Darby Allen interview happen uh, the week prior or was that on this show before the Camarado match? That was on this show. And uh, he was telling the story of why he wears his okay. face and why he has his tattoo. Uh, Sorry, about my notes uncle. don't have that. Uh, he talked about his uncle dying and, and basically like why Darby Allen is Darby Allen. Um, I just feel like we've seen this interview a bunch. Uh, yeah. It, it was almost like reestablishing a character. Like when you watch the beginning of an episode and they show you what happened on the last episode, but you've been streaming it all day and you're like, please stop. Yeah. And dude, like, like you said, man, the Camarado Allen match was non-existent with most of it being in commercial break, which you definitely uh, messaged me about. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. I, I really see a lot of potential in Camarado, but it feels like he's going to be like the berserker in WWE circa 92 or some shit. Just coming out looking big, dumb guy and getting his ass kicked. I, I think they're going to go somewhere different with him. I mean, he has a good look. He's good in the ring. Uh, they just killed QT twice in a row. So maybe they're trying to break that up to do something different with him. That's my hope, at least. My hope is that now that it was rejected since Sting popped up right afterwards uh, when QT Marshall gave him the diamond cutter after Darby beat Camarado. Uh, can we have him not do the fucking cutter anymore? I mean, if it's only to do it to Sting and he's going to pop back up and kick him in the dick every time, I'm fine with it. I popped so hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> also, as the listeners of this podcast knows, we're huge sting marks. So, sting no selling the diamond cutter and kicking him in the nuts was it's pretty great. That's 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 S tier. It really is. All right. Well, uh, Kurashita and Serena Deep. Uh, let's talk actually about the championship belt before that. We got a new belt, Chris. There's a big. Uh, thing that tony khan was promoting on twitter and talked about uh on busted open is that he was premiering or no no he did he just said there was a huge announcement that was going to change AEW going forward and we have the equivalent to the tnt title which i'm assuming once they make the jump now that they've said that tnt is going to remain with the rampage on it i think uh and that uh dynamite's the one jumping it to uh to tbs uh, TNT belt's going to be on one platform with the males, the women get the TBS belt, and uh, then had a package with a lot of female wrestlers, including uh, Jade Cargill, including um, uh, Thunder Rosa, and a lot of the women, uh, Nyla Rose, you know, they, they want that belt, and they're having a tournament. Uh, are, are you excited about the potential of the TBS belt? What do you think about what it looked like uh, just, you know, let me know. Let me know. I think it looks better than the TNT belt. Um, people online were kind of mean 
about the belt, which I think I sent you. If you if you zoom in the belt, it, it spells hose. This is not my fault. This is what the internet was doing. Hose. So they were calling it the hose title belt. Like, don't be an asshole. Really, it's just T- TBS's current logo, um, which I sent you that. But yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. It's a good middleweight title, and I think that uh, Brandy's promo afterwards made that belt more important. Like, whoever wins that should be going for Brandy's neck, essentially. Uh, especially, we'll get into it a little bit later with her promo. But I thought I thought that Brandy's promo is like that's great. You guys can go over there and play in the sandbox, whatever. I'll be over here being top tier. Um. Yeah. Oh, Brandy or 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 uh, Britt Baker. Uh, Britt sorry, Baker. Not, not yeah, Britt Baker. Sorry. Yeah, Britt Baker. DMD. Uh, promo after the belt was introduced. I think there was like a match in between it, and then they went back to her to ask her opinion on the belt. And she yeah, was, it, it's almost like she kind of made it look like an afterthought compared to like I got the real title, so have fun with that one, guys. Yeah, basically go play in the sandbox. I don't care. <laughs> kind of. But that's great, though, because it, whoever wins this belt, like, say, if Thunder Rosa wins the belt, right? That's that's a cool storyline that you can come back to. Yeah. And I get what he's saying now a little bit. I still think, obviously, the title is the title, the main title. But if you do have these two belts, they're so significant on the opposite, you know, networks that they're on, TNT and TBS, and they're, they're TV titles for that. <sighs> You know, it's not so much a second belt down. This is still a very important belt. It's just still, there's no way you can put it on the level of a world championship. If you are the champion in the company, the main one, that is the main title. And the other one will be secondary because of that. There's no way. But they've done a really good job with their TV titles by having whoever is the TV champion be on TV every week and defend yep. the title. So and I open have- challenge usually. Yeah, I I have faith in that because that just means that you're guaranteed a good women's match. We're going to have a big tournament, right? And then whoever wins the championship, you're going to you should get to see a bunch of really good women's matches and it's forced onto the show. There's no way to book around that. Um if it becomes this thing where it's an afterthought, I'll be more upset with it, but like I, you know, they handled the 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 TNT title very well, so I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt that this will be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, besides championship, they made a possible trophy for Kurashida. If she were to reach, was it 40 wins, Chris? What was it? Do you remember? I I, I don't have it. It's <laughs> it was, not my note. It was 50 wins, and I immediately messaged you. I was like, it's going to be fucking hilarious if she loses. <laughs> so Kurashida has a trophy for 50 wins. Uh, that she receives, she wins this match. This is a great way to build a heel. I did not think they were going this way, but I don't know if she can back it up on the microphone. I mean, realize that that Deeb could probably work with her old friend CM Punk to be able to figure out how to get heat, and just she's got a lot of people to feed off of. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> they had this match, and it was a good match, man. I mean, Hikarashita's really great striker. Uh, they call fucking Deeb that was given to her from Dean Malenko, the women of a thousand holds, uh, because she's such a great technical wrestler. And uh, Deeb fucking won, and she was pretty heelish. 
throughout the whole entire thing. And uh, definitely, you know, did not see her taking a fucking trophy and bashing it over fucking Hikurashita after she beat her uh, and, and screwing up this, this ceremony for Shida having her 50th, ma- 50th match won. I guess they can give her a brand new one after she wins her next match. But uh, uh, I thought Deep uh, did a really good job transitioning into a heel. I just don't know if I've ever seen her do that much promo work that would make me think she could be a good heel on the mic. But as far as a wrestler, she did all the right things uh, that night. Yeah, I mean, if they're giving her the Dean Malenko, if Dean Malenko gave her that gimmick, then she doesn't have to talk. Just back it up in the ring. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, But I I think this was a really, really good match. Probably my second favorite match on the show. Honestly. It was a uh, it was a really great match. I I mean I immediately called what was going to happen, but only because I thought it would be funny, and then it happened. <laughs> Jr. Uh, Jr. gave us a spoiler alert too. Right after I sent you that message, he was like, "Maybe you shouldn't make a plaque before it happens." <laughs> Did he? Didn't he? Didn't he say something to that effect? Oh my God, Jr. The whole entire night, if I can remember some of the shit that he said, yeah, he's like, he's like, wow, they must really see a lot in her if they're gonna give her a plaque before she even wins a match. <laughs> God damn. And I love uh, when you talk about Serena going heel. I love it was all old school heel stuff, like pulling the hair, like the poke to the eyes. I love that she blocked uh, Sheeta's finisher. It it was good, man. I, I think it was a really really good wrestling match. And uh, I like Serena a lot, so. Yeah, I guess Woman of a thousand holds. She's going to be in the tournament, right? Yeah. That's going to be fun to see how that plays out. I'd love it to be her and Thunder Rosa again down at the end. If they put them on opposite sides, that would be a great match for whoever's going to win the title. They got history, man. That'd be cool. They need they need to re they need to go back into that feud regardless in the future with her and Thunder Rosa over a belt or not they have unfinished business and now Deeb is a really credible heel or I think will be a really credible heel and Thunder Rosa is one of the best baby faces I I agree I'm actually surprised that Thunder Rosa didn't win the actual title by now me too. Well, a portion of it, she was signed with NWA still. So, you know, I guess that probably was it. But, yeah, she's going to have that title in the future. There's no yeah, way she doesn't. I'm assuming it's either going to be her or Ruby versus Serena based on the booking so far. Yep. That would be my guess if, if we're doing a bold predictions for that tournament that would be my guess uh th- did you see the awkward vignette or did this get cut out on the live stream with all the different females talking about the tournament i saw it yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't the best there are some bad promos sure. there with the exception of maybe ruby riot uh yeah it's almost like they just asked them to do it while they were in a parking lot or something <laughs> with no heads up yeah, man. Some sometimes sometimes she's really good, but sometimes Jade Jade Cargill needs to have her manager kind of speak a lot more. I would say. 
Yeah, Rosa was weird too because she was just like going on and on about how she can do whatever the hell she wants, basically. <laughs> I'm like, what does I have to do? Yeah, it, it was it was awkward. Um, this is why WWE scripts some promos. I don't know if she's in the tournament, but out of nowhere, uh, my uh, my pick would be fucking Penelope Ford. Nah, she's the Dolph Ziggler of AEW. So, oh, don't say that. <laughs> well, just, at least Dolph got the fucking title for like what a month and a half or some shit. They just put her in there to have a good match and then forget about her. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about the big main event casino ladder match. I mean, I have a little breakdown from the wonderful people over at uh, Bleacher Report. And I'll just I'll just I'll just go over this and we'll talk about some of the highlights afterwards. But Bach and Cassidy uh, started the ring in the ring. They didn't even have a chance to climb a ladder before El Idolo made his entrance as the third competitor. He hit Puck with a huge sunset flip off the ladder. Uh, Matt Hardy was the fourth man to enter the match and went right after Cassidy with the side effect. Lance Archer made his uh, entrance during the commercial break. Moxley was up next, and Archer and him met uh, in the crowd, and they just fighted. I feel like a kid almost got punched in the face, from what I remember, but, like, some dad grabbed him and, like, fucking got him out of the way. So they got to be careful in the audience. I, I do have to admit that AEW does not want lawsuits from someone, and it's going to happen because it keeps on getting worse and worse. Uh, there was this spot where Moxley just whipped Lance Archer into the, the barricade, and there was a guy with a baby. <laughs> Just holding oh. the baby, and I'm like, maybe choose a different, <laughs> choose a different path there. God damn, yeah, they got to be careful about that. Um, and dude, I swear to God, Chris Hangman Page, when his music hit, all the people, I don't want Page to take title from Mega. He's not big enough. He's gotta be CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. I feel like I'm doing now the uh, the BTE. Uh, fucking guy where I'm just had my hand in the picture and I'm po- pointing at the Jackson brothers. Uh, but yeah, just all that bullshit. When his music hit, it was like, boom, the audience exploded. Everyone, including me, I don't know about you, wanted Hangman Page to win that fucking match. Oh yeah, as soon as his music hit, we were on the same page. And actually, my prediction was gonna it was gonna be Matt Cardona only to screw over Dean or John Moxley. Which I'm kind of glad that didn't happen, but it would have been funny. I was pleasantly surprised that they went within the on their own company for the wild card this time, as opposed to it being like just some random person. Because that's what they've done with all the other wild cards. It's how they introduce a new star or whatever. So it was cool that it was Hangman coming back um, from paternity leave, and uh, yeah, he whipped wholesale house. One of my favorite spots in this match. Well, there's two. Uh, when Andrade does that big entrance he has, and he picks up the ladder, and Pac is just like "fuck you" and drop kicks it. <laughs> it was that was a good spot. And then the other one is Andrade. So Andrade had some of my favorite m- moments in this match. Uh, when Orange Cassidy is looking at Andrade, he goes to do the pocket lockup gimmick, and Andrade pretends like he's gonna do it and just slaps the shit out of him. Yeah, that was awesome. And then they did, like, I, I really want or- the Orange Cassidy-Andrade feud because of some of the Lucha stuff they were doing in the ring. 
together once Orange did get his hands in his pockets and they started doing some Lucha stuff. I'm like, man, that'd be a really great match. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, whatever you want to say about Orange Cassidy, he's he's learned a lot when it comes to Lucha Labor. Probably in uh, with, with Chikara, I would assume, is where he got that good because he's fast, man. He's a he's a badass. And Andrade was he looked good, man. The thing is, I feel like personality-wise, he's always had it. It's always been a language barrier. Um, maybe he's not the best with promos. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. But Rick, you know, regardless if he's going to be showing up, that's his future son-in-law. He's probably talked to him and really tried to get in his head, uh, mentoring him when it comes to the art of being a heel. Because it feels like the little things he's done in that match or the one with Pac, uh, really good shit. And even Kenny, too. Yeah, it's it, he's been great so far. He's I think he's going to be easy to overlook in this match just because Hangman showed up. Um, yep. And Lance Archer. So the Lance Archer coming out was picture in picture for me. So I barely yep. got to see Jake the Stake Roberts grabbing this <laughs> poor production guy, <laughs> just beating the shit out of him and giving it's him good to see Jake back in the fucking picture in picture. Because he's took- been out for a while for a little while. Lance Archer took this poor guy and just launched him at Andrade as an object, basically. <laughs> oh, he's a monster, dude. And then he hit but, this really good, uh, I wouldn't even call it a choke slam. He just like throat grabbed and tossed a dude when he got into the ring. And, and him and Moxley throwing those chairs at each other were hilarious. Dude, they were destroying each other. And. I mean, it would inevitably take Lance out of the match uh, and putting John in that last uh, thing with him and Adam Page. But, yeah, the fighting between the two of them, I love seeing Lance Archer and John Moxley brawl. All right, so crazier spot, though, I got to ask you. The sunset flip at the beginning or the fucking, um, I forgot what it's called. I can't think of it for the life of me. But where Adam took Pac, put it over his back, and fucking drilled him through the goddamn table like, Jesus Christ, man, they're crazy. I, that sunset flip off the ladder, that was uh, Pac that did that, right? Yeah, to Andrade, I believe. Yeah, that was that was probably the craziest spot in the match. Air Raid Siren, that looked fucking nasty, though. That, now that I remember the name of it, that Paige did the to Pac, like, ugh. The, Lopes, the only, no era. The only thing I'll say about this match that took me out of it a little bit is... Um, Lance Archer, he gets in the ring and he moves the ladder away from the center of the ring so that um, Hangman could hit the buckshot lariat from the outside, which looked really great, but it was just kind of an awkward moment. Why why the hell is he moving the ladder this way? There's Uh, always going to be that in ladder matches, though, because I feel like a lot of people were complaining about why would Andrade do a sunset flip powerbomb and not just go for the goddamn thing. It's like... Because it's a fucking ladder match, you know? Like, what are you going to do? I mean, part of the problem with uh, with ladder matches right now is we've seen so many in the past, like, two or three years. Yeah. And you can almost put the blame on NXT to some extent for that. Yeah. Because, like, every other pay-per-view, is a, there's a ladder match. Yeah. Even more than ROH, man, and probably Impact. Yeah, I think that NXT has destroyed ladder matches. And probably just WWE in general with a TLC fucking pay-per-view. Yeah. And, and none of them are like, when's the last Bad. time we had like a one, 
1v1 ladder match. Never happens. It's it's always like this big multi-man ladder match. It was it was yeah, a good match. Like I it's said, it's like that's... usually six people or it's tag. Yeah, it's you don't you're we're never gonna get Razor versus Sean again, I guess. <laughs> no, sadly. But yeah, but, uh, it was a fun match, man. And Adam Page, like I said, went up to the top. Him and Moxley were going over or going after the uh, the chip. And uh, Moxley was getting a lot of boost from the audience. People were definitely loving Adam Page that much, and he won it. And uh, I want – here's my thing. We have a pay-per-view next month, November. Uh, have Page go over Omega. You can have a badass fucking uh, feud with uh, call it, Brian Danielson and Omega without the title even involved. Brian Danielson, to me – and I'm sure you can give him the title. It'll be great. Awesome stuff. But, like, I feel like to him, he's probably, like, how Edge feels like he is to WWE. And I understand Edge is older than than Daniel Bryan's been in the industry longer. But where they're such a big attraction, they don't need the title necessarily to tell a story. And you can still have that in the future for Danielson to make as an accomplishment, let him build up actual wins, but have an awesome back and forth with Kenny Omega, series of matches, and maybe set up something with him and Adam Cole at the next pay-per-view. But I think that Adam Page needs to take Kenny Omega out and get that belt. He's probably one of the only homegrown guys to do that so far. Because you've had Jericho, you've had Moxley, and Omega. And I think Page, even though, yes, he came from New Japan Ring of Honor before that, really is Mr. AEW. Well, he is the guy that they said they wanted to be the champion to begin with. It was supposed to be him versus Pac for the title. Yep. Um, and I think he's done a good job getting here so far. Uh, I have no problem with him winning the title. Like you said, it, it doesn't really matter with Kenny. Like, Kenny Omega needs to go have surgery and have some time off. So I don't know how you get there. <laughs> if it's him losing the title, I'm fine with that. And. He can come back and feud with uh, Brian, et cetera. But, I mean, you could just do Cole versus Brian also. It doesn't necessarily have to be Kenny Omega. I mean, I know everybody's going to want that, point. that match, but there's other there's other stories that could be told, and they've done a good job setting up uh, that picture. So I'm 100% fine with Adam Page winning the title. And I think, every, I think all AEW fans are. I've not heard one person personally me i haven't heard any fan be like man if adam page wins this title i'm gonna be so pissed i i haven't heard that normally you get a little bit of that and i haven't heard that so um having daniel bryan on the show it doesn't matter if he has the title or not well that's what you were saying i mean it, it really doesn't matter um in fact like I would say Brian chasing the title is actually more important than him having the title. He's a good chaser, man. He'll be taken out for no fucking reason sometimes, but he's a good chaser. <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I more of my conversation coming out of that, um, well, the opening match and, and how they set this up is, uh, what are they doing? Christian cage? <laughs> Cause they just killed him. Well, He's on Impact. He's their champion now. And he's been on it for a lot. So, you know, I mean, he's, there's that. Is he losing to Moose? 
<laughs> I don't fucking know. He beat Austin Theory. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Impact still. No offense to Impact. I like Impact. Watch it. It's kind of a downgrade if you're in AEW and you beat the guy who has the belt and you get to be the biggest guy on Impact now. And st- like, don't you think he would have just come back to Impact if that was the thing that he wanted to do? I don't know. I'm not trying to be a dick. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, I, but Christian's I, I think still I, awesome. Yeah, Christian's Christian's been great uh, in this current run. Not that he's never not been great. Um, but yeah, that that's weird. So they kill the guy with the indie taker. He's currently the Impact champion. What do you do on Impact? Is he going to come out with a neck brace? God, I would love to see Christian. He's another guy, man. If he makes a flip to heel, I'll have no problem with it. Because if he did do that, where he just came out with a, a, a neck brace and was like claiming that he was hurt and he couldn't do it, I don't know. Like that, that harkens back to like old school Christian. And he's a really damn good heel. Like on the level of like a Jeff Jarrett, like you just want to fucking punch him in the face heel. That's a good thing, by the yeah. way. Yeah, that's, that's a very good thing. But uh, overall, Dynamite. I thought it was a pretty good, good show. Shit. The The first match went probably too long, and it, if you're watching on TV, that made the rest of the show seem rushed, and you got a lot of weird picture-in-picture picture shit. But uh, outside of that... Dude, are they packing too much, though, into a fucking two-hour show sometimes? So cause... so here's... WWE does an overrun. Because they know, like, it's it's not a precise thing when you have a bunch of people working together maybe calling spots in the ring. Like, it's... You can tell them eight minutes. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to hit eight minutes perfect. And uh, the fact that they're just going to put like the roads to road or whatever the hell, like, <laughs> like just do an overrun, especially if it's your own show coming on afterwards for That's two a good point. hours. Like who cares? Or dude, I'm sorry, but if it's Jumanji coming up next, like fucking give them 10 minutes. Like uh, I think people at that point, We'll have a better going into your next program if you do that that way. I don't know. Well, and, and that's, there's more and people that's, watching that. That's that's more on the production side than anything else. I mean, like I said, if you put eight people in a fucking match and tell them they're only getting this specific amount of time, that, that's a hard-ass thing to accomplish. Uh, which, like I said, that's exactly why Raw has an overrun. For, I think they have, what, 10 to 15 minutes normally? Yeah. They're just going to have to talk to TNT and be like, or maybe TV, I guess TBS, talk to TBS. It's like, hey, sometimes we might need that 10 to 15 minute overrun so that uh, some of the other stuff on the show doesn't seem so rushed and forced. Like there was like Tony Schiavone is doing commentary and it just drops to a commercial at one point while I was watching it. I'm like, eh. <laughs> um, but that goes back to the original. I guess that's that's uh, par for the course because the original... <laughs> Was the original AEW? <laughs> they went too long on a match, so they had to rush through a bunch of matches. Yeah, on Here's... All In with the main event being yeah. fucking this huge thing, and I mean they still did it great for the short amount of time. But we had Kota Ibushi and the Young Bucks versus Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix, and Laredo Kid, and they had to fucking squeeze that into ten minutes, basically. Yeah, that sucks. Like. <laughs> Oh, that match could have been. We only had Rey Mysterio versus Kota Ibushi for like a split second. It was over. It was sad. But yeah, that. So I think that was. Why'd you probably, bring that up? 
because I mean because it's happened on the show a lot. Yeah. Give them an overrun. Like I really appreciate the fact that these guys are trying to put in the best work they can possible. And if you know that's going to be a thing, like maybe put a 10 minute buffer before you show me um, good bull hunting <laughs> or whatever exactly. is going to come on next or uh, birds of prey or whatever the hell they're going to be putting or geo storm <laughs> or what else if I had to watch the last 10 minutes of going into a fucking dynamite. Cause I'm like, well, might as well just turn the shit on right now. It's like, oh, great. I can watch last 10 minutes of what's, what's some other terrible Gerald Butler recent movie he's made. Uh, what's the, what's the one where he protects the president? Oh, Central, fucking no. Is it central intelligence? That one, that one was on. What's the one where Ben Affleck plays a guy that's like, he's the autistic fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, super smart um, math guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God dang it. I can't remember, but uh, the chick I have a crush on, Anna, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. She's like the, the daughter in it or some shit. <sighs> God, where are we going? We got like yeah, four I mean, matches left. Yeah, if, 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 I will say this. We do need more of JR announcing whatever shitty movie they're going to play next. Oh, it's always a great preview of what's <laughs> He's to come. Like, Stay tuned for Godzilla 2000. <laughs> this is going to be one hell of a movie next. Guys are going to enjoy Godzilla 2000. Thanks, JR. All right. Uh, let's let's go through the Rampage matches and, and uh, go home, if you will. They're still in Philly because this is the recorded uh, last hour. Commentators changed a bit, Chris. Uh, you know, obviously... We have what we have, Tony Schiavone, JR, and Excalibur, the lead commentator on Dynamite. Rampage, Excalibur, Taz, and Jericho. And even though I don't mind Jericho coming out as a star commentator here and there, Punk and him changing it out, doing whatever, I wish it was Mark Henry instead of Jericho. I think Jericho screams too much, and I was enjoying Mark's jovial nature with a commentating team, because now he just does the preview for the main event, and they apparently put uh, that as a pause. I thought Mark Henry was actually doing a good job. I would rather have Mark Henry than Jericho, especially if Jericho is still going to be cutting promos each week. Um, I mean, we've had two years of Jericho, and I love Jericho. I mean, not Me too. But, you know, my, one of my favorite commentary lines of this entire year has been Mark Henry talking about whatever geek Malachi was about to kick in the head. And he was like, he going to learn today. <laughs> uh, yeah, more Mark Henry, less Chris Jericho. I agree. Yeah, I even I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've actually enjoyed Ricky Starks more so than Jericho. Uh, when they've had him and Jericho on. I just think that Jericho, he was great when he first started, but he just got too, like, I mean, he's even addressed it in commentary. He just he just yells stuff, like, really quick like this. Like, I, I don't know if he's trying to go for, like, Vince uh, in the early 90s or whatever, but it just doesn't work for me, man. I, I think my problem with it is if you're going to have Jericho come out and cut these, like, 10-minute promos, I don't also need him to be on commentary. He should be focused in whatever he's doing in wrestling. And it made sense when he had people involved in a match and he showed up to commentate on like one or two matches. But having him do a whole show is weird. 
It is weird, for sure. All right, well, let's start off with our first match, and that was CM Punk and Daniel Garcia. We kind of already talked about this. Um, 2.0 was with Garcia. They all jumped CM Punk. He wants his, you know, reckoning on Garcia, so they have this match. And uh, it was it was a good match, man. Daniel Garcia really is, just like we'll talk about Deontay Martin uh, later on. And, Chris, remember, now I remember this, uh, the Wilder Fury thing. We'll, we'll do that before we uh, leave, but uh, our predictions on that at least. But Garcia and Deontay Martin, they are really that fucking good. And one's an insane high flyer, and one's really good with technical work. Um, I would love to see Daniel Garcia and Daniel Bryan, and he's already talked about wanting to, to work with him. So just uh, they, they have found some good young talent. But uh, they had a really good match, man, last night. And uh, Punk looked a little bit slowed down, like, you know, but I mean, I get it at the same time. Uh, and was able to, since a technical-based wrestler was coming at him with technical work, he defeated him with the Anaconda Vice. I thought it was a nice uh, little thing. And I, I like that part where Garcia had Punk, who's a huge Bret Hart fan, in the uh, sharpshooter. Uh, I thought it was a good match, you know. Uh, do you think Chris that did Punk look a little slowed down? Because I've I've seen that. I I didn't really fucking bother me, but I've seen that that complaint already online. I think people have an over. People think that CM Punk is way better in the ring than he actually is. Exactly. <laughs> um. I mean, I've watched Punk going back years and years and uh i mean i think that's the easiest way to put it and yes he's working slow and methodical but that's also kind of how he's always worked is he like a little slower than he was 20 years ago maybe i don't know i'd have to go back and watch a match of his 20 years ago i think it depends on the opponent but the, the thing that punk does well is building a good story in the ring which i thought he was fine doing that here I mean, he, he's not Kenny Omega, guys. Like, he's not... He never No, he's not Shawn Michaels. It's, I don't think he's wanted to. Well, I mean, I'm sure he wants to, but I don't think he's ever claimed to be that guy either. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you what, what do you people want out there? I mean, he gave you a good match. You're mad that it wasn't faster? Like... <laughs> 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 I don't. It's not like anything. Don't you hate it when you watch a match machine. and you're like, don't you hate it when you watch a match and you're like, that was a good match. That was a decent match. That was a good match. That was fine. And then you're like, blah 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 blah. Hey, blah 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 blah. Should have been six stars. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, go go eat a fucking shoe. I don't know what the hell to tell you. And also, it's a TV CM Punk match. Guys, <laughs> that he's just trying to give a rub to. It's not like it was a pay-per-view match that you know, like him versus Darby or something. Like it's a TV match. Like calm down. I'm sure CM Punk will give you the eventual banger you've been waiting for. I just want people to realize that CM Punk was never, to me, was never that guy. Like if you're expecting, like Okada, Kenny Omega level of work, uh, that's not what Punk is about great wrestler yeah really good promo he's just not <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of finesse that's i think that's the thing it's like no he doesn't look pretty he doesn't look fucking super fast sped up he's not like you know i think that i i said his submission work looks good 
His strikes look really good, and he's a fantastic promo and knows, obviously, good in-ring psychology coming up with matches based on his limitations and shit. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to put it. And like like I said, I'm not over here trying to bang on CM Punk. I just think people's expectations of what he's supposed to do in the ring is way different than, like, go. I think everyone should go back and watch that John Cena-CM Punk match. Yeah. And realize yeah, how much of that damn good is... Match. Realize how much of that is actually John Cena, though. Yeah. And the story going into the match. Yeah, it's basically you got to you got to put a lot of the work on Cena when it comes to the probably overall layout of that money in a bank match that everyone knows. And Punk, I'm sure they work together, but Cena's good at building matches. One of the best, I think. But when it comes to promos, I think that CM Punk went off on a different fucking level, obviously starting with the pipe bomb going all the way to that of putting a lot of intrigue in it. So once for one thing, once for the other dynamic, it's, but that that's, there's a different level. We've talked about this, the whole show, Chris, there are different levels of what you can consider good wrestling. There's different levels. There's a difference between best technical worker, best, best guy for psychology. Like Jake snake Roberts, one of the best psychological wrestlers, period. He's not a fucking great technical wrestler. He's not a great fucking high. He's not a high flyer. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's different – it's hard to accumulate overall who's the best. That's why I would say Ric Flair goes in that category a lot of times because he was good at so many fucking things. But you can argue Shawn Michaels. You can argue – there's so many arguments to be made for that. That It's it's subjective. It is subjective, but people shouldn't like look at what CM Punk is doing now and be like, oh, he's slower. It's No. No. Like, <laughs> He's, in fact, he's probably in better shape right now than he was at the end of his WWE run, uh, considering all the health problems and injuries he had. So, well, yeah. I, I, I think no matter what, D- uh, Daniel Garcia was happy to have a match with Punk, and apparently someone else who really would be happy, just so super, super glad, uh, is Matt Seidel, because Matt Seidel was not having it that Leo Rush was trying to move in on his girlfriend, Dante Martin, and uh, Matt Seidel. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, Leo Rush basically wants to take him under his wing and looks like he wants to kind of, like, manage. So I don't know if that eventually will have him managing the Martin brothers, but, you know, for a lot of the shit that we talk about with Leo Rush, and he is good in the ring, as, especially as a high flyer, he was a good manager, so I don't know what the hell his deal is with this, but he's trying to mentor him. And I guess Matt Seidel decided to leave his brother behind try to do the same thing but don't worry leo rush has a match and he talked to tony khan and we're gonna get matt seidel versus cm punk which should be a really interesting match uh question how did you feel about this leo rush trying to be involved with dante martin and did we ever get an evan Bourne cm punk match in the past has that ever happened god i'm sure it happened at some point had to have right like I on a random raw or something, I'm sure. But I mean, it's not like the match that you would get in AEW. It, it would be like a ta- weird tag match or something. Um, I don't know if they, there was ever a singles match. That's a good question. I would have to dig into the archives, go the the old cock, and pull up the <laughs> WWE Network <laughs> to the see old if cock. they've. Uh, if they've ever had a, had a one versus one match, I don't I don't know. I, I know they've had to, they had to have had some tag team interactions, whether on the same team or opposite teams, just based on how they kind of booked Matt 
when he was in WWE or Evan Bourne when he was in WWE. He kind of was just there to hit the the one big spot and get out. So several back in 2010, and I found one actually in 2015 as well. Yeah, that, I mean that makes sense. Uh, singles yep. matches or tag matches? Uh, just singles matches. Uh, Raw. Uh, I have one on Raw, one on SmackDown from back in 2010. Back when Punk had his long hair going against Evan Bourne. And then I found another one. Uh, well, actually, there's one where it's at John Cena. And uh, no, that's, that's Seamus and Edge. Uh, yeah, there's one with CM Punk and Evan Bourne back in 2015. But I have no clue what the fuck that's on. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Cause it would have just been a random raw thing. They never had like any kind of like long feud that I can remember at least or important match. You know, raw likes to do but, that. It's just like, here's a guy that CM Punk can beat, <laughs> which I'm sure exactly is in those matches. <laughs> but are you, uh, you're, you're, I'm looking forward to even it's, it's going to be a one-off, but, with Punk and him having a match, but also Leo Rush being a mentor slash uh, manager for uh, Dante Martin, potentially the Martin brothers, whenever his brother comes back. I never look forward to anything involving Leo Rush at this point. <laughs> I don't think diminishing returns. I don't think you should book anything long term with the guy. He's quit like multiple companies <laughs> and retired. Just recently, I mean, in the past three months. That's a good point. Definitely and, a good uh, point. I mean, is he actually going to wrestle? Is he legitimately hurt? Like, the thing about... He can't be hurt. He had he had a match at fucking Triple Mania. So unless he fucked himself up back in then, and that's after he claimed his third retirement, I think. I don't yeah, know. So, I, I he's like super talented. Rush. He's super young, but he's got... Diminishing returns. That's what I think it is, man. There's been so many times where I'm like, he's going to be great. Sometimes maybe it's WWE's fault, obviously, with the Bobby Lashley thing, because I don't know why they threw him out of it or other choices they had. But, yeah, the last – it hasn't been good. has not been good. Yeah, I mean, like, Leo Rush is an in-ring performer in promo. He's great. It's just I wouldn't build a long-term storyline around the guy just based off what's happened recently. Maybe that's why they're going with this. Like, maybe they'll have him in the ring and just do whatever. But like, the storyline will be him trying to manage Dante Martin and potentially the Martin brothers. Because if he gets out of it, then it doesn't matter as much if he's their manager. And that's the storyline they have. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah. So to answer the question, I'm just kind of eh on it, and it's mostly just because I don't. I never know what Leo Rush is going to do, and I, I don't have a whole lot of faith that it'll end up being good. Yeah. All right, so we have the tag team titles on the line, Lucha Bros against the Acclaimed. And the Acclaimed's raps were fucking lame. Maybe I didn't get the sports reference. Maybe Chris will be able to tell me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but to me it was like... Um, what was the reference? Do you remember the names involved? I don't have it in front of me, but I just thought it was like, eh, it's probably one of the whatever. I mean, but it good had to match, be something man. Philly, Philly related. Yeah, that probably makes sense. That's probably I mean, why I didn't get it, because I'm they, stupid they, when it comes to sports. They could have made a Santa Claus joke where the Philly fans threw rocks at Santa Claus. That would have been 
probably where I would have went. Or just said the Flyers. Or just said the Flyers suck. Go Devils. (laughs) I'm sure they said something that upset them, but I thought they had a good match, man. Um, I... (laughs) that one spot, at least they had Aubrey Edwards' head like not facing fucking them when uh, he nailed him with the uh, the boombox. But uh, obviously, Lucha Brothers are going to win this because they're not going to announce before this a match with them for their AAA Tag Championship if they're going to lose the fucking AEW onto the Acclaim. But I like the Acclaim. I don't think this. I I don't know. I don't think th- even having him for a Tag Championship. I get that means that they're the top. Right now, and now they have to go down a peg, but at the same time, they got a big L, and they—I feel like they've lost a lot, Chris. They've definitely lost steam um, to me. Huh. Yeah, and they've also dialed back what they were doing since that the internet exploded about that one promo, which is probably why this one's not that memorable. Um. I, I don't know what they, they they're still like undefeated on the dark shows, right? That's why they were in this match. Is their record on dark? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I like the acclaimed. I think they're a good tag team. There's obviously a standout member. There is definitely a Shawn Michaels of this group, but they're Oof. a good tag team. I, I, I don't know what you're going to do with a, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that, what I mean, what's next for the Lucha Brothers is the real question here. Like, who are they going to go against? And I'm hoping that it's Pride and Powerful, but I don't know if they're going to give us that or not. I want it. They're so good in matches together, too. They got great chemistry. I watch them have matches for a year, fucking year and a half in Impact. So they would have a banger. All right. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, FTR just lost to Sting and Darby, so... Uh, I don't know where that puts you in the the tech rankings, but I would assume lower than lower than Pride and Powerful. Don't even get me started on that. Um, that's between like a rock and a hard place. Like, who the fuck are you gonna like? Why did you even set up that match? Yeah, whatever. Um, like I said, I'm sure. Actually, Dax was already talking about online. They were both, I'm sure, very happy to put over Sting and Darby, but yeah, it doesn't really make them look good at all. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I heard, is that they talked to Tully and said that they wanted to have a match with Sting because they love Sting. So, I, just because you love something doesn't mean it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's another example in wrestling that where that's happened, and I wish I knew what it was, so I don't even know why I said that out loud. Um, Jay Cargill versus Sky Blue. Uh, Sky Blue went into this and just, you know, she got her ass kicked. This was, uh, I, I want to say this was part of the, uh, the tournament, right? Now Jade goes on for the TBS title. Yes. And Sky Blue deservedly got her ass kicked after that little weird promo thing that they did on Dynamite that we talked about <laughs> earlier. All the other ones had like this major production, and I swear to God, hers was like outside. Like it looked like an NXT promo, circa like 2016 or some shit. <laughs> it's like this is your moment, Sky. Don't mess it up. And she's like, "Oh, you guys, uh, I like wrestling. Wrestling's fun. I'm gonna win that title." <laughs> You're like, "Okay." <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, but that uh. 
This brings us to the FTW title match. Ricky Starks, Brian Cage. It's a fun match. Um, I and, and Taz looked like for reals he was nervous. There was a spot where fucking Ricky just got dropped on his neck, and it's like he just got over, you know, having a broken neck and surgery and shit, but whatever. They beat the living fuck out of each other. This is for a championship that no one gives a shit about. I don't have a problem with Ricky winning because I think that he kind of needs to because he's got momentum, but I wish he wouldn't be in situations where he could really fucking hurt himself again right after coming back. And Brian Cage really needed to win. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's some truth in what Melissa Santos was saying a week and a half ago because what the hell? Just come back as a luchador monster. Like, I don't know what the hell you call it. Like, uh, El... El... Um, well, did you have to put something before Mackina? No, he's a machine. So, so, so it would be... Uh, La Mackina would be uh, the machine... But like I don't know, like big. What, what? How about how about El Grande Machina? And like have a ma- mask, and you're like the big machine. You know what I'm saying? Like then you don't have to talk. Get someone to like fucking promos and just you know be a monster in there. Lucha Libre Ultimate Warrior. Do that because I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Well, I mean he's been stuck in kind of the same storyline with Taz for forever. He got cursed as soon as they gave him that FTW thing. <laughs> He had the, one of the best entrances into the company, just destroying in that first ladder match and being the Joker and winning, and ha- having a really good couple matches with Moxley, and then yep. yeah, after that it was pretty much just there there. But that's all of uh, that's all of Taz's group right now. Yep, that's it why they gave him their own belt. It makes me really sad that Samoa Joe signed with NXT only to win a title and get sidelined via injury in quotations. Because could you imagine Samoa Joe and Taz reuniting? Yep. Yeah, but whatever. What do I know? <laughs> and he's someone that I could see being a really good, you know, FTW champion in the spirit of the title. I said okay. another one, Eddie Kingston. You know, they could actually bring prestige in it if they had it, but. I don't give a fuck. They're trading it by people leaving Taz in their goddamn group. Yeah, like, I mean, like, when you think fuck the world title, it should be someone that wrestles that way with reckless abandon. So maybe even someone like a Nick Gage. Sure, absolutely. Or or Eddie Kingston would make a lot of sense. But, like, uh, Ricky Starks, uh, nothing about him screams fuck the world title. (laughs) Neither, honestly, like, and it's nothing against Cage, but, like, I don't see Brian Cage as the best representation of that either, for different reasons. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I think Kingston would be the best example to me of someone that would really represent it kind of similar, but... I, I mean, hell, you could have even put it on Darby Moxley. when you doing this... Darby! You could have put it on Darby when you were doing this yeah. long-ass feud for no reason, because if anyone sends itself with reckless abandon, it's that guy. Wow, that's actually a really good person to have the FTW championship on. But yeah, but whatever. They kept it with this group, and the group is bad. I mean, it just doesn't work. Like, the personalities don't really make sense with what Taz is and what that title means. And um, they're all individually good wrestlers. I mean, except I I haven't seen Hook work a lot, so I can't comment on him. But, um, you know, there's good personalities in that group, but they would be better not being in that group. 
Yeah, it's weird. Uh, all right, so we talked about it. I think me and you, I would say at least that Dynamite was my favorite show this week, period. I thought it was superior over any of the ones, including Impact NXT for the little amounts I saw from both of them. Um, and MLW for that matter as well, which I liked the two matches on that. But I like SmackDown. Raw was whatever, abysmal. But I feel like there's the, the other thing that, uh, you know, Tony keeps on saying is that Rampage and Dynamite are on the same level. And I really just honestly don't think that. And I think this night kind of proved that. Yeah, we had a punk match, but it was against Daniel Garcia. Uh, Lucha Bros and Acclaim were great. Jade destroyed Sky Blue. And then the FTW Championship at the end. It just seems like it's kind of, it's going to be the second show. It's gonna, It's not going to be the prime show. There's no way. You can't say they're both the same. Why? Because they're recorded the same fucking night most of the time? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Third hour, it's a third hour of Dynamite, basically. And, and that's probably why they always have to start out with the biggest match they're going to have on that show. Because it's actually a main event after a main event. Um, yeah. This, this was the weakest Rampage so far. The rest of them have been pretty good, though. They um, have. But so there's I'm always not... going to be an A and B show. I think that they believe in that Ricky Stark storyline way more than pretty much anyone watching it. <laughs> that that was that would be considered like if that's your main event, that's probably that was probably the weak spot of the show. You're gonna have one random thrown in match between two big matches. That's pretty much how they've booked Rampage so far. You have a big opener yeah. and then a main event. Um so And Mark you know, Henry. And Mark Henry uh, announcing matches, which someone should get Mark Henry as their manager. What the fuck are they doing? I hope yeah. Mark Henry puts all of AEW in, in the Hall of Pain <laughs> for being tragically underutilized. I would love to see Mark Henry pull Hobbs away from Taz, and then you could have them commentating together and like talking about it. Like, so Mark, what the fuck? You know, sorry, man. <laughs> I've been talking to him in the back a while. I'm mentoring him now. God damn it. You know, you fucking, I got hooked now and fucking Ricky Stocks. What the fuck? That's my Taz question. Does Taz have the weakest faction in wrestling if Hobbs leaves? It's just him, Hook, and Ricky Starks. Yeah, man, that's not good. (laughs) I don't Um, know. I, I agree with your assessment of all the wrestling. I will say G1 Night 10 was my favorite show of this week. Okada versus Sonata. Big, big double thumbs up. Hell of a fucking match. And I am, uh, I haven't called up completely, but I am looking forward to see what happens when uh, Jeff Cobb and Okada meet each other, both having 10 points in block B. Should be great. Should be great. Yeah, man, I need a, I need, like I, I've been saying, I need to get caught up a little bit on some of the bigger matches, but slowly but surely, I've been going back to the uh, beginning and kind of seeing some stuff. Don't call me Shirley, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Takagi match I told you about from night one, and then probably the Okada-Tanahashi match, which that's just a given, and then this match have been my favorite of the tournament so far. 
Yeah, there's been uh, apparently some bangers, man. Uh, but all right, let's talk before we get out of here. We have the WBC World Boxing Champion himself, Tyson Fury, going against Deontay Wilder. This is the third uh, match and probably one of the first in a long time, I would say, rivalries in the heavyweight championship uh, reigns in boxing. But, you know, the first one, Tyson lost. Second one, Wilder just had too heavy of a costume on. For him <laughs> and lost. Wilder's definitely, I would say, the more skilled fighter to me. But Tyson's a fucking beast. Uh, who do you oh, think is going to win? I, I would, I would actually say Fury is a Tyson Fury is a better all-around boxer. Wilder just has like a hammer hands. This man knocks you yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I guess his speed and, and his power really kind of. Definitely build him more, and Tyson's more overall skill. But I was like, I don't know. Who who do you think is going to win tonight? Do you think the champ's going to retain his championship and then go beat Anthony Joshua, basically, uh, to put all the championships together? Or is Wilder going to take that belt back and then go beat Anthony Joshua to uh, put all the, the championships together? I think Wilder is going to turn Fury's head into a fucking canoe tonight. So... That's my prediction. I got Wilder in this one. I'm going to go with Tyson Fury. I think he's going to do it. I think that he's going to prove to everyone that he actually is superior over him, and we will see him still as champion. And then as soon as this happens, WWE is going to call him immediately or something. If the match goes, oh, man, because their first match went went the full limit, right? They went all 15 rounds in their first match. I believe so. I'm not yeah. gonna confirm nor deny. Yeah, so I mean it just really depends. Like uh I mean Tyson can outbox him, but I don't know that I've ever seen someone hit someone harder than Wilder has knocked people out. Maybe Mike Tyson. It it just takes one. That's the thing about Wilder. It's only gonna it only takes one. So uh, I'm gonna go with Wilder, especially because he's so pissed off at that embarrassing loss he had in the last fight that cost me a hundred dollars to watch it was, it was a bad time um if i'm wilder i'm coming out with a fucking speedo <laughs> this time <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero ring gear <laughs> maybe this maybe i don't know if you're gonna dress up like a superhero do the silver surfer instead of fucking black panther i don't know yeah but um should be a good fight i mean it's gonna be entertaining to watch either way but uh yeah i'm, I'm thinking wilder's got this one but uh damn this is the most excited I've been about a boxing pay-per-view in a while. What was the last one? Mayweather versus one of the fucking Paul brothers or something? <laughs> oh, I didn't give a fuck about that one either. Uh, yes. It was probably their last fight. <laughs> That's the last boxing match I gave a shit about was Wilder and fucking Fury 2. So, Whoever gets crazy. Anthony Joshua, I think he's going to end up beating whoever comes out of this match. I think he's just a better boxer, even though he did catch that one random loss. He is uh, all around. I think he's a better boxer than Fury or Wilder. So, Oh, we got different predictions, but I like that. Yeah, Anthony Joshua is underestimated because he is not uh, the personality of Tyson Fury, and he doesn't have the hammer hands that <laughs> Wilder has. <laughs> so, yeah, he's 
it kind of reminds me uh, of Linux Lewis a little bit, you know? Like I was Linux about Lewis. to say the same fucking thing, dude. That's like Linux, crazy. Linux Lewis was a great heavyweight champ, and he beat Evander Holyfield. Like, he beat a lot of people, but it, it's not, it wasn't that memorable. It's just kind of one of those weird things in boxing. Um, I don't know. But yeah, yeah don't, uh, don't, don't put your money on things I say, people listening out there. <laughs> oh man there's too many championships this will be finally them merging though like all of them to fucking together to get to we get one world boxing championship so that's definitely what i'm looking forward to but uh once it's it always, all said and done but. It, it always splits off because of the weird um licensing right the uh um, yeah like health licensing to get fights in certain places what is that called they have to they used to have to do it wrestling in the indie back in the indie days i know where you're talking about for some reason i can't remember exactly uh the wording of it but that's why there's like all these weird off-brand championships and then they eventually they'll come back they'll come back together and it'll split off again um that's kind of always been a thing in boxing but uh yeah maybe they just want to look like kenny omega and have like 17 belts Ultimo Dragon, the 90s level. <laughs> Vader, Lawler. There's another guy that always had like a Ultimo Dragon. You already said that. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the picture of Ultimo is the best because he's not the biggest guy in the world and it looks like he's just a belt. Because <laughs> he had so many. <laughs> it's like the dragon mask and just belts. <laughs> That's, oh, it's great. But good stuff, man. I think that is the episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. So thank you guys for listening. You got a lot of content in this last one. Probably more than you wanted. If that's the case, whatever. Okay? You should love it. We're amazing at this. Chris, what are you doing this weekend? What do you got going on? Any plugs before we go out? Oh, man. Just watching that Wilder fight tonight. Should be great. And, um, yeah, nothing. I got nothing going on. A couple weeks before hockey starts back. And then at Skates Throats, we'll be ramping back up. Let's go, Devils. Uh, so if you're a hockey fan, check out Skates Throats. And uh, outside of that, yeah, I got nothing going, man. Should be should be a nice, chill weekend. But uh, as always, Dane, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, yeah, just you guys have a good one out there. Watch the fight tonight. It's October. Um, don't be one of those people who doesn't like horror movies. Enjoy some really great messed up stuff that's out there. And, uh, yeah, try Squid Game. But all the wrestling in the world is just wonderful. We love covering it. And all new listeners, we do a separate uh, show. Usually we record on Saturdays, get that out a day or two afterwards uh, to release to the masses. And we talk about wrestling every weekend to all of our older listeners, our, our vets, if you will, out there. Thank you so much for listening to us. You guys all have a wonderful day. You can hit me up at Dane Alves on Facebook. I don't have a Twitter anymore because it's garbage. But hit me up. We'll talk about wrestling and let us know what you think. Thank you so much. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace out, you guys out there. You crazy kids. All right, have a good one.